This podcast is sponsored in part by Benjamin Hart. That's me! And yours truly, Zach Arnold. And by participation from listeners like you. So let's tune in to another episode of IPC. 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 The Intergalactic Peace Coalition Podcast. All the galaxies. All for you. Old habits are sometimes difficult to break, and in our case, this habit of doing an episode at the very end of the month is one that we seem doomed to repeat. But we are here, nevertheless, for the February edition of the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 359. I'm one of your co-hosts, Zach, back for more fun. Back from a lot of fun down in the Round Rock, Texas area, broadcasting six baseball games in three days. That was 14 and a half hours of baseball fun. I promise you tonight's episode will not be that long. Joining me, as he always does, even though our schedules have not been what we want them to be, we do our very best to make sure that we have time for you peacekeepers and uh, we've got a really fun one tonight. Back for more fun. It's Mr. Ben Hart. How's it going, everybody? And uh, yeah, I mean, we could have waited a couple more days, you know, to February 29th, 30th, or 31st. Um, but um, just something about that doesn't sound right to me. So I'm glad we're doing it here on the 28th. And uh, a lot of stuff going on. Um, a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. Um, the Mandalorian season three is premiering in just a few short hours um and i am pleased to tell you we won't be talking about it because uh we haven't seen it yet so just get that out of the way if you see this pop up in your feed you're like well why are they talking about the mandalorian it's still not out yet we have not seen it so we'll talk about some other stuff that's we have seen and we have uh broke down um so it's gonna be a lot of fun well i mean i think the march episode we're definitely gonna end up talking about some of what we've seen at that point i have a feeling that i will probably hop on and give like a brief five minute description of a movie that i'm making plans to see this weekend about a bear that does cocaine oh that movie Mm, interesting that movie is on my slate to watch on saturday i believe number one movie in the world i think right now (laughs) that's what it says yeah that's what it claims to be We'll see if that's actually true. But we'd like to start the uh, episodes, these monthly episodes of IPC with an icebreaker that my wife contributes so that she gets Mm -hmm. to be a part of the program as well. Every now and then she'll hop on to discuss the top five movies that she's anticipating for the year. She did that back when she was my fiance when we came to visit in Mississippi a couple of uh, several months back. And then uh, she'll hop on for the occasional movie review or something. But we have we have a, a segment off the top called Edna's Icebreaker. And this is one that she likes to do with people when we're at parties and stuff. And uh, I guess she wanted to make this episode of IPC a party. So her icebreaker question for us tonight is, would you rather? I love would you rather questions because sometimes they're really outrageous and sometimes they're puzzlers. And I feel like this one that she's presented to us tonight is a, is a little bit of both. 
Ben, do, would you rather be three feet taller than you are right now or three feet shorter? Oh, wow. Okay. That That is an interesting question. And it may be harder than it seems at face value because you're like, ah, you know, I, I could go, you know, I don't want to be three feet shorter because, you know, that's 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 very short. Even I'm a, I'm an extraordinarily average sized person. So that would put me very, very short. <laughs> um, um, so like that's not preferred, but also three feet taller. I would probably have trouble getting through doorways and getting into my car. So that's not the best thing. <laughs> so. I don't know. I guess the shorter option. I feel like, as a as a world, we're we're more adapted to shorter people and and to, you know being more accessible. I guess for shorter people versus taller people, you can't. It's hard to make things bigger. So I guess I'll go for the short option. How tall are you now, and how tall would you be if you were three foot shorter? I think I'm like. I think I'm like five seven. I think I, I, I forget to be honest. <laughs> you would be two foot seven if you were three foot shorter. Oh, you, that's you, um. You, you would you would be able to play on toddler playgrounds. That's how short you would be. I get to go back to, yeah, go back to McDonald's and play in the play place. Um, no you'd issues. Have to, like, you'd have to sit on the swing where you stick your legs through the little holes. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It might come in handy. I mean, get into small spaces, um, need a need yeah, a smaller car, smaller that. bed. I, I mean, it it could come in handy. I don't know. It could, it could, and uh, you could probably pick up work as uh, at at uh, during Christmas time as well as one of Santa's little helpers. <laughs> That's true too. I'm sure there's always el- openings for new elves. But uh, what what would your what would your answer be? No, I, I've I've really gone back and forth on this because I am right at six foot tall. I am I'm exactly six foot no inches. And right now I feel like I'm kind of in the sweet spot for height because I'm taller than a lot of people, but I'm not always the tallest person in the room. So right. it, it feels it feels like I'm I'm in a I'm in a good place. If I was to be three foot taller, dude, I would be nine feet tall. I wouldn't just have trouble in doorways. I'd have trouble with ceilings. I would be like scraping my scalp on the ceiling unless I had a vaulted ceiling like I do in my living room. You would but be permanently squatting everywhere. I would I would have back conditions. I would have to get like California king size beds. Like my my children would be enormous LeBron James like basketball children. Like I don't I don't know if that is a fate that I would want. But the other trouble is if I was three foot shorter, I would be exactly three feet tall. I would be like Zacchaeus from the Bible type of short. <laughs> and, and and my name is Zach. And I just keep thinking of like people teasing me and singing like Zachary was a wee little man. I just I see that happening. Stuff writes itself. It does. And that's what sucks. So either way, I'm kind of screwed, but I think I would take three foot shorter because, like you said, I don't want to have to get custom made cars and custom made clothes and suits and stuff. 
I feel like I would have better clothing options and just better better life options if I was three foot shorter. So yeah, yeah. Because I think uh, I think I think, I think you're only if you if you go like three feet taller, you're like basketball or or Wookie. Like you can play a Wookie yeah. in Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, how tall is Juno Suotomo? Like, I can tell you in about 10 seconds. One second. I'm going to look it up. It's. I think he's like 7'6". He is 6'11". He's 6'11". Peter Mayhew was 7'3". So, like, they're, they're, they're kind of in the 7-foot range. If I was 3-foot taller, I would be 9 feet. The world's I would be, the, the galaxy's largest Wookiee. I would be the galaxy's tallest Wookiee. I probably wouldn't even fit in the camera shot on set. That's how tall I would be. So, yeah, I, I guess in this case, I would rather be an Ewok than a Wookiee. I'm sure there's always openings for Ewoks, too. There's a lot of short characters in Star Wars, too. A lot of, there are. The Star Wars has put a lot of, of short and, and tall people to work. Um, got to gotta hand it to George Lucas. Yeah, but I mean, Maz Kanata was CGI, wasn't he? <laughs> right. But you got like, the Ewoks, you got the Jawas. You know, he he had he had a he had a knack for creating just people uh, races of a wide variety of sizes. That's true. Sounds like we would both rather be on the shorter end of the spectrum than the taller end. So. And then all the all the people that are like three feet tall, like, what are you doing? <laughs> Well, if I was like four foot tall or something, I'd be like, okay, I can be three foot taller. If I was already like four eleven or something, then I'd be like, okay, yeah, I could do, I could do, or even even four nine. I'd be like, yeah, I could live with seven foot nine. I would be a really tall, lanky basketball player, but I could, I could live with it. But if if I was, you know, three foot tall or whatever, then I could go up to being what I am right now. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Nine nine foot tall just seems excessive to me. I would be I'd be classifying for giant status. I'd be Goliath in all the school plays. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's move on to the next segment. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about, including Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania and a very special and unique top five segment. But before we do that, um, since we only do this show monthly, we'd like to kind of catch up on what stuff we've been doing and so we have a little segment called What You Been Watching. And um, for me, it's a lot of rewatches like Big Bang Theory. Um, I, I don't know why, but that's kind of become our comfort show, that and The Office. So, that's good. That's good. Like I, I probably say those like all the time, but there was a new season of uh, Picard that's come out. So I'm right. kind of going, going through season three of Star Trek Picard. And then um, in the realm of sitcoms we've also been watching something called how i met your father it's a it's a sequel right. to how hillary, I met your mother. hillary duff yeah hillary duff is in it and it has a certain level of charm that how i met your mother did but the characters are so drastically different you really can't compare it like apples to apples as far as like this show being just like the other one however in season two they did include a very big, very important cameo that could alter how the show's trajectory goes. And I'm kind of excited about that. Interesting. 
So uh, I've only seen two episodes of Picard. I think that's the only, those are the only number of episodes that have come out, but from what I've seen, I have enjoyed it and I'm looking forward to more. I'm not going to give any spoilers, but I think this season's bad guy could be one of the better ones we've seen on Star Trek TV shows in recent history. And I think this is going to be a really good way to close out the Picard storyline because this is being labeled the final season and I am liking where it's going. So that's cool. That's one of the things that I've heard about it because I haven't seen any episodes. I haven't seen really any of Picard yet, um, but I've heard that it's chock full of nostalgia and but also very you know good good jumping off point and 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 finishes the story well um it's not just nostalgia but also is a good kind of it there's a lot of good nods and references and can maybe even continuations of next generation of deep space nine of several of the shows that that from from that era of trek so really cool really exciting yeah I, what's funny is it's probably in last place as far as my favorite Trek stuff is concerned, like my favorite new Trek, I I really like Strange New Worlds. I thought that was really awesome. I really like Discovery when it's going on. And I even like Lower Decks. And, mm. and I kind of flip back and forth between whether I like Lower Decks or Picard more. But this season in particular of Picard is, is shaping up really well. So um, kind of battling for that third spot with Lower Decks. But, you know, there's just a lot of Star Trek out there right now. And so you just kind of have to appreciate it for what it is. And like you said, what it is, is it's a it's a pretty good continuation. But I feel like it's headed in the direction that it can also give good closure to. So it, it seems to be hitting all the right notes at the right time. That's great. That's great. And yeah, Treks, like all this talk of all these other franchises, uh, given given out uh, a whole lots of content these days like treks treks up there with them like you're getting we're in golden age of trek it keeps trekking along that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> walked into that one <sighs> <laughs> what uh what have you been up to lately man that's kind of what my consumption has been lately well okay so a couple things um i've been playing too much fortnite um, I will admit that right off the bat, because um, you guys know I've, I've, I'm beginning more into gaming lately. And uh, shout out good. to what now? You any good? That's the thing with this game is that I do not completely suck at it. That's the that's okay. the point. That's the problem is that I actually am kind of decent at it i have actually won a couple of rounds um when you're playing against like 60 people that's that that's that's something um yeah. and so it's it's been a lot of fun um i'm not, i'm only one of few but um just the fact that uh the fact that i can i can get on and and there's a chance that i might win something and i might you know make it into the, the top five it's pretty good um yeah. and it's just a fun it's just a fun game overall it really is uh, it's funny all this time of just like seeing the memes and all this kind of stuff and I'm like what's fortnite is it came for 11 year olds whatever and then now now i'm I'm sucked in so uh and it all happened because of uh we're doing uh, on the star wars Unwell discord we're doing uh game nights every every month or so and uh we've been doing a lot of fortnite during those and so that kind of got me sucked into it that that was fun um 
And real quick, I'll just mention, I don't know if you've seen this, but last night for the first time ever, I watched Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Have you ever seen that? No, I haven't, but I've been meaning to. And I know I'm probably going to get a lot of crap for that because it's supposed to be like a classic. Um, just for whatever reason, haven't gotten to it. It's it's I highly, highly recommend it. I, this is I mean, I've been around on this planet for 30 years and I just watched it for the first time last night. Um, so. You know, it's uh, you know, it's it's definitely it's there's so much to it. Um, it's impressive from you know a particular you know technical aspect of it, just how they pulled it off. And you have sure. there's a there's literally a sequence. Just not no one no spoilers, but uh, I, won't, I won't tell you who framed Roger Rabbit because I know now. Um, but there's a sequence where. There is a human driving a cartoon car, and they're they're being chased by cartoons driving a real car. Like the movie's bonkers. It is bonkers, and it's great. Something. It really is. It's it's extremely funny, and the technical aspect is not lost on me. And the fact that like part of it is like again another scene is like Daffy Duck and Donald Duck in the same scene. And you're like that makes sense, but also think about it. That's Warner Brothers at Disney. Two completely different studios, two completely different characters from different IPs that are in the same scene. It's just – it's insane. So uh, if you ever get a chance, um, we'll uh, – yeah, t- give, give it a shot, and maybe we'll even talk about it on the show one of these days. But yeah, it, it was uh, – no spoilers, but I really, really enjoyed it. Not the one and, where they – that where they make like some sort of a Walmart reference, is it? No Walmart because it's like set in the 1940s, so there really wasn't any Walmart in it. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm thinking of something else then, because I remember cartoon characters standing next to a real life actor, and they were like, "We can just get our supplies from Walmart because they have everything you need." And then it's like a giant product placement of a giant Walmart store in the middle of the desert somewhere. It's not quite to that level of meta. It's pretty meta, and it's pretty it's pretty wonky, but it's not quite to that level, I don't think. So uh, <laughs> that's funny though. Um, but another thing. That I've been watching that I know you have watched. I know a bunch of people have been watching. Um, and I just caught up with the last episode uh, last night. Uh, the Last of Us um, has been really, really great. Um, I still have not played the video game. Um, we'll have to get Mondo in here to to fill us in on how it's how it's things. But I know the last episode I think was based on DLC and stuff like yep. that. I'm kind of getting breadcrumbs yep. of the original like source plot from like stuff on social media. But I'm really enjoying it so far. I think the last – I think it was the one um, – I want to say the heartbreaking one. They've all been heartbreaking, but um, the one in particular, the the second Kansas City episode really like pulled me in and be like, OK, this oh, is yeah. this is my jam because I, I wasn't quite sure. I wasn't completely invested in it. I was just kind of watching like, OK, this is an everyone else is watching, and I'm, I'm, I am enjoying it, but it's not really like things. This is – it's kind of – come into its own as like this is a really solid show that i'm really really enjoying um i enjoyed you know and it's just you know these last couple episodes have not been big action set pieces not been action heavy they've been really character based and i appreciate that and it's just especially this last episode was gut-wrenching yeah 
Yep. And since the season finishes next month, maybe we do a bigger discussion on The Last of Us um, next month after the season Probably finale. Probably a good idea. Um, we'll we'll try to figure out a time in March when we can do a full Last of Us discussion. But I have really enjoyed the fact that it has been character driven, that it has been uh, story driven rather than just action, action, action. Um, Pedro Pascal is awesome as Joel, and he plays really well with Bella Ramsey. I was a little nervous about her casting at first. But this episode specifically, and then a couple of episodes um, in addition to it, have really sold me on her as Ellie. And I haven't played the game either, but I have gone on YouTube and found some of the cutscenes and some of the other people doing gameplay so that I have an idea of the Mm storyline. And let me tell you, the stuff that I have seen has been very much in line with the way that the show has been made. There's some scenes that are ripped straight out of the game. Like there's a exactly. scene, there's a scene you can actually probably find. I know I've seen. I think IGN posted a a, a a comparison, but there's a scene. There's a very pivotal scene. If you've seen the episode or or play the video game, you know what I'm talking about. It's a scene between yep. Joel and Ellie. They have this very yep. kind of breakdown scene. It's almost word for word with the game, like it's, straight up. Um, but like and Bella Ramsey, like you know, all all due respect to like your your admission of like uh, is she right for this role and like she has killed it she is freaking killed it these last couple episodes um and then pedro in that in ken my god that one scene in in the shoe shop just heartbreaking some of the the best acting and pedro's he's been around he's he's not this is not his first rodeo um he has been in some great things and had some excellent uh, acting moments but that was bar none some of the best he's ever done Oh, yeah, he's going he's straight up going for the best actor Emmy with an episode like Kin for sure. And so uh, I'm really, really enjoying what they've been presenting. And I'll admit Left Behind was one that I was on the fence about until I learned about it being a DLC, until I learned about its timing within the game, until I learned um you know, about how similar, how strikingly similar it was to the game. And I was like, okay, it's hard to be mad at this particular episode when they are doing so much to be respectful to the game. And this may be the best game to screen adaptation we've ever seen. And it's definitely it, the most faithful, I think. Like, it's definitely like if you've, I can't imagine, and like I know probably there are, I almost say I can't imagine because the people exist now and people can be unhappy about things, and that's fine. Um, mm-hmm. But like the amount outpouring of support I've seen for this show and also just like the comparisons that I've seen of just like, I don't see how you can make the argument this is that this isn't like one of the most faithful adaptations because you're taking, they've made allowances and they've changed things certain things that have made sense but they've also where it counted they've put things straight up straight up there's you know there's certain aspects there's certainly they're down to the the costumes and you know the line of dialogue like it's it's as close to the source material as possible which is great i 100 percent agree and Steven says he's only seen the first episode, so I'm not going to go into too much more spoilery territory. 
Would recommend watching it before the next episode of IPC, though, dude, because I, I feel like it'll be a discussion topic uh, next month. But overall, I, I've really enjoyed what they've done. I just I wish they would do 10 episodes or 12 episodes or something. I, I do feel like they're limiting themselves with a nine episode season, but that's the story that they want to tell. So hopefully it all gets told. Mondo says that he's not watching it until he can binge the entire thing. So he hasn't seen any of it yet, but I really want to watch the first episode with him just to kind of get his thoughts on comparisons between how the game starts and how the show starts. So, yeah. Uh, and we'll uh, probably, if you we'll probably do all of that sometime between now and the next episode. Yeah, I think uh, a full would love to sit down and have a full discussion about this. And I will say to anyone not watching the show right now, um, go ahead and uh, unfollow and mute um, everyone you could possibly can in relation to The Last of Us because uh, people just don't care. <laughs> people will just post stuff um, straight up. And there's some big scenes that like I'm glad I'm glad like I I know basically the plot of the second game. All right. Just from osmosis, from, you know, from right. experiencing through memes, stuff like that, which is fine. It's not a big deal. I'm not I'm not being a huge uh, spoiler phobe here. Um, you know, I'm, I could deal with it. But I know if you're like really game to like I want to watch season one, season two, completely unspoiled, you, you, you might have a bad time. I'm sorry. I mean, being as naive to the game as I am. I feel like I'm still going in relatively unspoiled, but you're right. Gotta beware of the the spoilers out there on the internet because sometimes it'll just hit you out of nowhere. And uh, I got I got spoiled the day before Force Awakens came out. The day before I saw Force Awakens, I got spoiled with who Kylo Ren actually is. Oh boy! And the fact that he kills Han Solo. And I was like, son of a bitch. I made it so <laughs> close. I made it so close the day before I was supposed to see it. And uh, it 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 spoiled for me. So be careful out there. I, Steven, I was Steven, in the – I was – what's that? I, I was just saying that Steven's in the chat saying that since Mondo hasn't seen the show yet, he will be the last of us to watch it. <laughs> Well played. Well played. Yeah, you you talking about Star Wars spoilers just reminds me that um, I have uh, I was in an airport on the way to watch the Rise of Skywalker with you and other people mm -hmm. and um, opened my Facebook. I shouldn't have. It was my fault. OK, but also one of my uh, so-called friends um, should also not have posted like a collage of images from the movie. Somebody taking like pictures of the screen, and it was just like all these pivotal moments. Like you're talking, you know, the Ben Solo and Ray with the blue lightsabers. I specifically remember the Ray with the the orange lightsaber. Like that stuck out to me. That's the one I actually saw before I was clicked away. And I'm like, yeah, damn it. Yeah, the, those are the worst. I'm I'm trying to avoid mando spoilers at the moment but i feel Thankfully, like there's not a lot out there but uh and in, in a couple hours there'll be plenty there'll be plenty of them yep so i feel like mando and last of us will probably be next month's discussion yes uh it will just be a, a, a pedro pascal fest of uh might as well be i mean he's he's kind of peaking right now as far as career goes 
I mean, you're he you're how how do you do that? Like there's so many actors like I've, I've heard the horror stories of like how hard it is to get acting gigs and, and do all that and be be in that line of work. Um, but he just like won the lottery like 10 times, like happens to be on two of the biggest shows, one of the biggest franchises in the universe. And they're on at the exact same time. How does that how I, I how can you even fathom that? Well, but then also he was on Narcos. He was also on Game of Thrones. Like he's been on several big productions and he's been a part of several big factions. I mean, he's been on the Game of Thrones fandom. He's been on the Star Wars fandom. All he needs is an appearance in something like Star Trek at, or even the the Lord of the Rings franchise or something like that. And he's been he's like he's like firmly ingratiated himself in nerd culture. Like he's all he's already solidifying himself, but one of those types of franchises, I feel like, would just make him a legend. Yeah, he's the new nerd king. Well, speaking of the Lord of the Rings, have you seen the the new announcement that the Lord of the Rings franchise from uh, Warner and New Line they're working on more movies? It's amazing that. I sh- I feel like I should have seen this coming, but I didn't. It's just weird. But like this is this totally makes sense. You have we're coming off of the Rings of Power being very I think very successful. It was like the top top you know watched thing on Amazon probably ever. It's been racking up a ton of award nominations recently. Um, I thought it was an amazing series. Um, it makes sense that like okay they proved they could do it they proved that they could take they could take kind of take the 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 royal rings franchise kind of off the rails if you will and into kind of unknown territory outside of just adapting tolkien's work um and i i personally think they did a really great job um, i'm not sure if rings of power is as you know is my favorite series of overall but i thought it was a visually stunning show and I, I was really invested in it through the whole run um and the fact is is that they want to turn this into a franchise and who can blame them for crying out loud lord of the rings is so deep and so dense you can do so much with that franchise and you could do so much in regards to not having anything to do with the movies i think the kind of the the most the quote so quote unquote backlash i've seen from this announcement is people kind of worried about, oh, they're going to reboot the movies. No, I don't think they're going to reboot the movies. I don't think they really have any reason to reboot the movies. Um, Also, oh. that would cause the greatest riot in the history of mankind if you tried to reboot the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, So I don't think Warner Brothers wants to do that, but I think they have some stuff in mind. They want to turn this like – they, today they said, uh, we're going to turn this into a Star Wars – like the Star Wars franchise. I'm like, OK, I get it. I get it. And people are not going to be happy because you know, they're worried about it kind of ruining the thing. We got these three perfect movies, and we got these other hobby movies that some people like, some people don't, and then the rest of it. Um, you know, you're going to be messing with something that's seemingly perfect. I get people's being, you know, not too thrilled with that, but it's inevitable. These franchises, they're going to continue on forever. They're going to continue to expand sequels prequels reboots you can't stop them so you may as well just live with it and you know be able to be able to deal with it because there's no stopping them well i i think what i think i think the concern is somewhat valid though 
um, because there's a lot of franchises out there that seem to be rebooting and, and redoing classics. So the, the, the knee jerk reaction is don't let this be a 2019 Lion King. Don't let this be, you know, whatever reboot that people have PTSD from. So I, I get it. I hear you. I understand you. But I also feel like the Lord of the Rings world, much like the Game of Thrones world, is so massive and expansive and covers thousands of years like their their fantasy world goes from the time of the elves to the the time of of when the the Lord of the Rings actually takes place that's like 2000 years apart or something like that and then there's stuff that happens after it so there's just tons of time in the timeline for uh extrapolation and for adventure and for creative license and for world building and for whatever else you want to do and I I think that there's just plenty of potential out there to do other things. But I will say our top five discussion is based on trilogy enders, the, the third sequel of a trilogy. So it'll be things like Return of the Jedi, Return of the King. Um, I don't think I recall seeing anybody's list having the Hobbit Battle of the Five Armies in it. The the most um. recent movie franchise did not leave things on a very pleasant note. Not a whole lot of people really liked or agreed with how the last movie trilogy panned out. I thought it was fun, and I thought that the creative license they took was okay. A lot of the Tolkien diehards did not. So it just it kind of depends on whether they're going to try and do it more in the vein of the production budget they did with Lord of the Rings or if they're going to try to make them just fun, adventurous trilogies like they did with The Hobbit. Yeah, it's going to be I don't know, it depends on their approach, depends on what they're going to be doing here, I think. Um, I think they want to expand the universe. They obviously want to make a whole bunch of money, and I mean they will. But you know how how um, you know how how successful will it be? You know how special will it be? You know I, I don't know. Um, but I think uh, fans, guys, I understand. I understand. You know I think people would be more than happy just to continue having those movies and not have additions to it. And I get it. Um, and, you know, as much as people want more and more and more these days, I'm um, saying, you know, I think probably most Lord of the Rings fans will probably say, well, we don't want to be like Star Wars. We want to be like Star Trek. You know, we have these masterpieces of a movies won't ruin that. But the fact is that there's always going to be a studio that's money hungry <laughs> and there's always going to yeah. be a writer out there with a good idea. Or at least an idea it may not be good, but it'll be an idea. And they know they can do this, so they're going to. And I think Rings of Power was the the linchpin, and it's like, okay, we 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 passed it, and we did it, and people seemed to like it. A lot of people didn't, but a lot of people did, and it was successful. If we could do it on TV, we can bring it back to the movies too. So you just gotta have to, you know. And I think some also some healthy um discourse in regards to. If you're not a fan of this, just 
just just take a break now. Just go, I'm not going to watch those movies. I'm not going to waste brain energy right. on them. I'm right. just not going to do that because uh, let me tell you, it's not healthy to spend uh, a good portion of your life complaining about it on Twitter or Facebook. It's just not, guys. Well, and Stephen makes a good point in the Mixler live chat. If people really didn't want remakes, they would stop watching them. And and I think that's to your point as well, Ben. If people really don't want this stuff to keep happening, then stop spending your money on it at the movie theater. Because the reason these things keep getting made is because the studios know they can get away with it. Toy Story 5 is happening because people allowed Toy Story 4 to happen. <laughs> and it was it, like it bottom line. It comes down to dollars and cents, guys. Dollars and cents. This these studios, they're they're, you know, I I I don't think I'm not as cynical as some people will say, like, oh, it's just all about the money. No, I think there there's a give and take. There is a lot of writers and creators inside these studios that are really passionate about making a good story. But there's also a lot of studio executives that are looking at, okay, this was successful. Maybe it was good, maybe it wasn't, but it made money, so we're going to make more of those. I'll keep using this thing. I'll I'll say this example till I die, okay? You guys until you guys are tired of hearing it, maybe you kill me because you're tired of hearing it. But the Transformers movies, people <laughs> hated those movies so much. They still do, but the fact is they kept making them because they made money. Um and that's that's just just it. That's the thing is that that brand recognition is something, and that you're looking at people will will talk about, um, you know, all this like, oh, the fans. Here's what the fans want, and whatever else, and they'll point to Twitter as, you know, see people talking about Twitter. Like the people on Twitter are like five or ten percent of the overall audience. Like that's not the audience. People people complaining about on Twitter doesn't represent everyone, and a ton of people like that. And yeah, I mean. If ultimately it kind of takes, you know, people to vote with their wallets and go like, if you don't want more Lord of the Rings movies to be made, um, don't watch it. But, but I guarantee you, a lot of you guys out there right now that are angry about this, you're gonna let this movie be made. And you're gonna watch that trailer and it's gonna go, oh, that, that looks pretty good. That looks pretty good. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, it's like uh, we had this uh, with this the Super Bowl. Recently, um, we had a, a certain trailer for The Flash come out, which was great. I really liked it. Um, and people were like gung ho about we're not going to support that person. We're not going to support that. So we weren't going to watch this movie. Trailer comes out and they're like, hmm, OK, <laughs> OK, maybe I'm not as maybe I'm not as passionate about not supporting this movie anymore because I saw the trailer. It looked pretty damn good. So, yeah, it's you know, it is what it is. But you really, if 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 you're really passionate about this, you're really passionate about liking something, um, vote with your wallet. Yeah, I don't think I have any intention of seeing that, and I really don't think I have much intention of seeing Aquaman in the Last Kingdom or Lost Kingdom. Uh, apparently, it's terrible, <laughs> which sucks. Uh, the, the 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 early screenings say it's awful, and I really don't think either movie have anything to do with James Gunn's new uh cinematic universe so there's no stakes involved it's like these are the last remnants of a phase that dc doesn't really even give a damn about anymore so why should i so, right 
Yeah, they've uh, got a they've got, DC's got a lot of work to do. Um, it's just it's just a it's just a big old mess, and uh, I'm I'm interested, but uh, you got to you got to win me back, guys. You gotta yeah you, yep. you gotta you gotta you gotta do some work. Uh, James Gunn, I'm rooting for you, but also you got a lot of work to do. Good luck, you're gonna need it. Uh, well, I, I'm excited for James Gunn's newest work that's coming out in May, and we did get a trailer for that. Was Guardians Volume Three? Oh um, yeah. You know me. I'm a fan of the Guardians franchise. Always have been. Always will be. And uh, I love the holiday special that they did. And I, I I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with this uh, with this third installment. Um, will Will Poulter as Adam Warlock is is a really cool, interesting casting. Interesting. I I think it could be good. Um, pretty much everything that James Gunn has made recently has been pretty good. I enjoyed Peacemaker as well. So Same. like. I I have faith in this film, but I don't know if the trailer sold me too much. Um, honestly, as far as trailers go, I think this Super Bowl was probably one of the weakest for trailers. Not a ton of trailers, not a you know, and we weren't getting like the Flash was really the only one that we got that was like the first trailer because we got one for Indiana Jones, we got one for Guardians, and those were all like the second and third trailers for those respective movies. So. Yeah, so I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't a very impressive Super Bowl. But to to piggyback off of the Transformers comment you were making, and this is the last comment I'll make before we move on to our Ant Man Quantum Mania discussion. Um, another franchise that I feel like should not have gotten as far as it's gone, and somehow still has, is the Fast and the Furious franchise. Oh yeah. <laughs> There was a trailer for Fast X that came out during the Super Bowl as well. That's what made me think of it. But when I was out of town for all the baseball games that I was doing, I ended up popping on FX on the TV because I wanted to watch the XFL. And there was an XFL game that was happening that Thursday night. But before that game was played, they were showing uh, Fast and the Furious 8. I think it's called Fate of the Furious, number 8, something like that. They were showing the 8th movie in this franchise and they literally blew up a goddamn submarine with a car <laughs> what the hell was that i'd never yeah, i'd never seen that movie before i only saw number nine because i wanted to see the jurassic world prologue in imax and it was literally the only reason i went and saw it but oh my gosh why the hell are you blowing up a submarine with a car? It just, I don't understand why people give money to that franchise. It makes no sense to me. Yeah, it's uh like, I watched the latest trailer, and on the flip side of that, I'm like, I'm just, aw- I'm, I haven't seen in the movies, I'm just aware that they're all ridiculous, yeah. you know, and like, yeah, I watched the trailer, and then it's like, it all culminates in like, oh yeah, Jason Momoa and Vin Diesel are going to have a race, and like, that's it? Like they're not going to space. What's what's the hell? What the hell is this? Like I think this movie's supposed to be crazy. Like that that's the shtick with these things is that they're just nuts. And I thought they'd be racing on Mars. Come on now. Hey, they they may end up racing so fast that they rocket off of a ramp into the moon or something. I don't know. I Maybe don't they'll race into Atlantis and uh, you know Jason Momoa just will be revealed to be Aquaman the whole time. Um, Crossover. <laughs> Oh, goodness. I, I I remember a few years back when David Harbour won the Super Bowl commercials because he was in those Tide commercials. He was in a Stranger Things commercial. He was in a Black Widow commercial. Like, he did. Yeah, right, yeah. 
crossing it all over. And I was like, damn, that that guy won the Super Bowl commercials that year. We didn't get anything like that this year, and I was a little bummed. Yeah, now he's a ghost in a new Netflix movie, apparently. Yes, I want to see that. It looks hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> he, he 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 can't talk, but apparently really crazy things happen to him. It's like a ghost mystery comedy movie. I'm actually yeah. kind of I'm kind of intrigued by that. I might watch it. Okay, all right. I'm interested. I'm interested. Yeah, the the people that like move into the house discover it's haunted and it's being haunted by David Harbor, but then like the teenager in the movie wants to try to solve the mystery and kind of befriends Harbor's ghost, and the two of them like quest to figure out what happened. To him and why he's haunting this house so it sounds interesting enough interesting very interesting and i don't have to like give it my money because i already have netflix so i'm just gonna you know sit down and watch it yeah it's just like i don't know yeah netflix movies like a lot of them are crap but it's also like it, you're you're getting it basically for free like it's just the time invested <laughs> so how can you fun complain crap. it's fun crap is what it is like, okay. I just got this description for Stranger Things, um, so I'm just waiting for the next season of Stranger Things, and I got this movie in the meantime. Yep, come come for come for the Stranger Things and stay for Love Is Blind. Apparently. <laughs> oh, God, oh God, I heard about that. Oh my oh. God, I'm not going there. In case <laughs> listening, I'm not going there. Oh man. Okay. Uh, time for the discussion for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, but before we do that, we just want to give a special thanks to our friend Joey Mays for his support of the show. Um, he's at the shout-out friend tier on Patreon. We do still have that, and if you're interested in being a part of that group, you can get behind-the-scenes access, you can have influence on the fate of the show, and so much more. So go check out patreon.com slash ipcpodcast or send us a Venmo tip. You can send that to the username at Zach, the voice, Z-A-C-H, the voice, and I will allocate it to this particular um, finances that we need for the show. Anything for um, for the Podbean subscription, for movie tickets to be able to go watch movies that you want us to go watch, uh, any of those types of things, uh, Those will, that, that is what those things go towards. You can get access to the show notes. You can get access to a special private Facebook group that admittedly has kind of died recently. I need to revive it. Um, if we have top five segments, which we pretty much do every episode now because we only do them once a month, then you get top billing during that. And depending on availability, we might even ask you to join the show. So go hit us up at patreon.com slash IPC podcast. Indeed, indeed. George submitted a comment in the chat saying Fast and the Furious movies are outlandish and fun, dude. I will agree to 50% of that comment. It's very <laughs> outlandish. Fun, that's debatable. <laughs> Occasionally fun. I will, I will not comment. I haven't seen any of them. It's just, I don't. I don't understand it. But there's probably a lot of people that don't understand my Jurassic Park fandom either. So Again, you're outnumbered. Those things make a ton of money. <laughs> Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Okay, I'm setting a 30-minute timer on my All phone. Right. We right. have 30 minutes to talk about this particular film that we've got on topic tonight, and then we got to do our top five segment before we run out of time like we always do. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Um, a lot of really crazy stuff takes place in this movie but at the same time it also seems like it's setting the stage for what is going to transpire in 
the bigger, broader scope of this phase of the MCU. Ben, initial thoughts and impressions on Quantumania. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a movie that going into it, I heard a ton of discourse because apparently the critics hated it and the fans loved it, or at least liked it enough to give it a decent score on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, so I, and I thought like something was controversial. I heard people like talking about all oh, their problems with it or whatever else I'm going in like, what's the big deal? Um, and I really was like, I was bewildered because I quite enjoyed this movie. I thought it was fine. Um, I'm not saying it's my favorite MCU movie of all time. I think it's one of the stronger ones of this, of this kind of latest kind of post in game yeah. swath of movies. Um, and we're talking about third movies tonight. I think it's a pretty, pretty solid third movie in regards to the MCU. Um, and like, I think the only thing that I, I will like, maybe if I had criticisms of this movie or like something that I really didn't like about it is that, you know, there was some opportunities to make, take some really big swings with the plot, with the characters. And I thought, to be honest, that there was going to be some major character deaths without, giving away any spoilers just yet for those of you who may not have seen it um you know i thought oh maybe they'll kill off a certain character or two um we really didn't get that you know it was more mostly kind of a darker turn for the ant-man franchise mm -hmm. and definitely uh, less comedy a lot of the comedic characters which uh, again kind of another little gripe that i have is uh no louis no we come on come on no michael pena he's not in this movie at all just just how how just the travesty of it all um but uh definitely sucks some of the comedy out of it without having him in there but uh, still funny enough um some great action and yeah people have been harping on the cgi again and yeah all all things considered with the state of marvel and their treatment of their vfx artists um i thought it was visually stunning too i thought it was really really looked good and and some of the best like character designs and production designs that i've seen in the mcu thus far there's some crazy crazy aliens and some really whacked out um set designs that i thought were really impressive um so overall i really enjoyed this one like i said i really i think they they could have maybe gone a, bit, a little bit further with you know some of the the set pieces but overall, it was really enjoyable, um, and Jonathan Majors absolutely kills it as gang. Like he's like you come out of this going like I want to see more of him, and and this is a kind of a showcase. I think maybe the only real criticism you could throw at this movie is that it could have been just called Kang, and because it's his movie, it really is his movie. He doesn't he doesn't show up to like thirty minutes into it, but he has a presence there, and he is a highlight of this movie um and also michelle pfeiffer kills it so i learned something recently about jonathan majors mm -hmm. it turns out he's from the dallas fort worth metroplex here in texas really i didn't know that apparently he's only about 10 or 12 years removed from performing in arsenic and old lace in the school play at cedar hill high school in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. Wow. Cedar Hill High School is only like 30 minutes away from where I live. I have I have broadcast football games from Cedar Hill High School before. So uh, that's about as close of a connection as I'm ever going to have to somebody from the MCU and somebody with a, a pretty big role to play in the MCU as well. And he's going to be in Creed 3 as well. So this guy is kind of peaking 
as far as uh, performances and screen time in Hollywood goes. And uh, he's fairly new to the screens, but he, like you said, is crushing it. And uh, I'm I'm really proud to uh, to to call him a, a fellow DFW resident, which is that's pretty cool. Congratulations to him. That's um, great. As far as initial impressions of the movie goes, I, too, felt like there were times that they played it safe because considering the scope of this movie and considering how powerful they tried to present Kang, you would have thought that there would be a higher mortality rate than what we got. Um, like you said, I think there were opportunities for different characters to die off and they didn't do it. And I also feel like there were a couple of plot moments during the final fight sequence that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Some of them felt like cop outs and some of them felt like just creative licensing for the sake of, you know, doing this particular thing that we haven't done in the film yet. And I'll get to that in a little bit. But Overall, I don't have very strong opinions about it as anything bad. I feel like it's a solid installment in the MCU. It has moments that are very quirky and witty and sometimes a little on the smart side where you really have to kind of pay attention and understand some of the quantum mechanics that they're discussing you have to be kind of a sci-fi nerd and, and, and a bit of a geek to appreciate some of the jokes and the references that they make. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I did for the most part. Uh, there were probably a few that went over my head, but for the most part, it was an enjoyable movie. I enjoyed the time that I spent in the theaters. And as far as like recent installations of the MCU goes, you're right. It's probably one of the strongest installations we've gotten post Endgame. And that says a lot because I think people who have followed this podcast know that I really haven't had very high praise for the previous two Ant-Man movies. Mm -hmm. Um, I've found them to be kind of silly and oftentimes pointless, but this one has a point. This one has relevance. This one has importance to the universe as we know it to be. And to have that kind of scale and that kind of importance incorporated into the storyline was bold. And I appreciate the risks that they took in this film. They did take some story risks, even if they didn't take character mortality risks. So it's a step in the right direction for the the Ant-Man series and the Ant-Man franchise. So I liked it. I like to equate this movie to... Basically, it's Marvel did with Quantumania and the Ant-Man franchise to what they did with Thor Ragnarok and the Thor franchise. Um, and I think I think I, I think kind of you can kind of compare both those franchises edges like they were good, but maybe not great or maybe not as great as they could have been. Um, I I liked both first Ant-Man movies. Um, I like Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp. 
I think the first Ant-Man was one that I, I kind of watched. And I was like, yeah, I'm not sure I feel about this. And then I watched a few years later. I'm like, OK, I like this a little bit better. And, you know, I watch Ant-Man and the Wasp. I'm like, OK, I can, I can get behind this. This is kind of more my jam, um, even if it wasn't for everyone. Um, and the first two Thor movies, I'm like, I kind of like the first Thor. I like the first Thor better than, you know, that um, better in, in, in retrospect. But I still think they're not as good as Ragnarok. I think, you know, Quantum Mania. I don't know if I feel the same way about it as I do about Ragnarok. I'm not sure it's the strongest movie. I think Ragnarok is one of the best MCU movies ever. Um, but it's definitely in the same vein of like kind of throwing out. They were kind of hooked into the different things, hitting the, all the right beats with this is a heist movie. You got these certain characters. Louise has this, you know, one scene where he has a, a big monologue and he does his thing. You know, he's not even in this movie. So that's they're throwing out things like that. And it's kind of the same thing with Thor. Um, so I appreciated that. But um, and I and I, it's a minor spoiler, I guess, to say that no one major really dies in this movie. Like, right. For example, and that maybe this is a spoiler for those of you who have not seen the movie. Maybe you want to tune out now, but it, it, this is this is kind of a non-spoiler. It's kind of tell you what didn't happen. Um, you know, I thought, well, maybe maybe they'll kill off Scott Lang in this movie, or at the very least have him seemingly die, and then we'll find out later that he that he survived or he'll show up in a later movie. Um, I thought they might kill off original Ant Man. I thought maybe Hank Pym might be on that. Yeah. Um, or say. even Hope. Um, you know, I'm not, I wasn't expecting them to kill Cassie or anything. I um, mean, Janet, they just got her back, so that didn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. But I thought maybe they would do that, and you know, maybe that's unfair to kind of say, oh, well, they have to kill a character to to raise the stakes. But it does make you sit up when you have a you know, you understand from a outward out you know out of universe point of view that like okay they're building franchises on these characters when you kill one off that's a big deal. Um, and I think it would have made people kind of sit up a little bit more with this movie versus, versus it kind of goes the way you think it goes. When you watch the trailer, that's kind of the movie. That's kind of – there really is no huge surprises. There's no big cameos. It's the gang is down in the quantum realm, and there's Kang, and he means business, and he's very powerful, and you see things, and, and Jonathan Majors is eating up all the scenery doing the whole thing. But you know the good guys win and the bad guys lose in the end, and really that's kind of the thing. And there's really – there's not even a tease of like, oh, well, this can't come back. There is the the post credit scenes, which maybe we'll talk about, um, that do seem to tease some stuff. And then you have at the end the classic Kang will return. Um, was like, yeah, we saw that coming a mile away. It's not like, uh, you know, we haven't seen the whole announcement about the Kang dynasty. So, right. Well, we, we've we've only got about 20 minutes left in this discussion, so we okay. can go ahead and, and dive into spoilers if we want to. And and I will piggyback off of what you said, where I was expecting Hank Pym to die. Right. I, I really thought out of all the possibilities, he would be the most likely. And then I thought with the whole concept of like parallel universes and multiple realities and stuff, it wouldn't be impossible for Cassie to die. And then he searches for another Cassie or encounters another Cassie because, you know, I, I feel like we've got that precedent established now thanks to Doctor Strange and the right. Multiverse of Madness. I, I feel like that's a possibility, and I, and I think something similar is going to happen in Guardians of the Galaxy because Gamora's come back, and so I feel like it's going to be a, a, a Gamora from a different universe. You're like the, that that multiversal character jumping is not impossible to do, and so um, I, I thought that th that was 
something that, that could possibly happen. And like we've been saying, it didn't happen. And then the only cameo really to speak of would be Bill Murray. But considering the drama surrounding his appearance, it might have been better if he didn't show up at all. I heard there was I, a- I like, OK, OK. And full disclosure here, like uh, Bill Murray is a weird dude. OK, in real life, he's a weird dude. Um, If you've if you've done any research, if you haven't done any research, do some research. Learn about Bill Murray because he's a comic genius. He's 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 I mean, probably one of my favorite like comedic actors um groundhog day ghostbusters like the guy is a legend but he's also a weird dude and he's been over the years accused of a lot of different things um some serious some not so serious but ultimately i think given all the documented his documented history as a human being it's it's not all the realm of possibilities that a lot of the stuff is probably true um so that going into that there was there was all that kind of came out around the same time the trailer for this dropped so it was just like ooh, that was not good timing um and then you actually watch the movie and i thought he was kind of wasted i didn't really think he made that much of an impact i think he could have had anybody in that role they could have done the same thing like he wasn't that funny. Like he wasn't you. I I would expect like in an Ant Man movie, which are more comedic movies even for Marvel standards. And you have Bill Murray, this comic genius, coming in. I would assume that it would be a role that you would. This would be like your new favorite MCU character. This would be the most funniest guy ever. He's kind of not. It's just like oh yeah, he's here and. Oh yeah, Janet kind of cheated on Hank with him, but it's okay because. Yeah, it's just so I read somewhere that he knows um, Catherine Newton, who plays Cassie. Right. Yeah, that, that, that he knows her. And I think I think it's from something else that they might have done together before or something like that. But he was playing golf with her, of all things, and asked for a role into the MCU. And they just kind of threw him into this one scene so that he could be in the MCU. It does feel that way. <laughs> kind of like he, he asked to be in the MCU and they put him in there. Like, honestly, Jeff Goldblum's appearance in Ragnarok was better, more compelling and funnier than what we got with Bill Murray. So I'm not going to waste any more time on the podcast talking about him because it was just it. I, I did not. I did not care for it. There's but, nothing to discuss. There's nothing right. to discuss. He's just like a right. nothing cameo in right. a nothing scene. Right. Even though he was pitched, like, I think he self-pitched himself as, like, a critical character. But really, the only thing critical about him was that he had a history with Janet. But I think I just really liked, like you said, about Pfeiffer killing it because she played the part of a badass with PTSD who did not want to come back to the quantum realm. She didn't want to talk about it. She didn't want to come back. She didn't want anybody to, to think about Kang or to, you know, have, have any kind of communications with him or contact, whatever. Like she wanted to leave that past behind him. And then suddenly she gets thrust back into the realm that she just barely escaped from. Can you imagine if you had been like stuck in a pit for for years and like 30 made, years she was down there like you you made the most of your situation but you didn't care for it and you finally you know got in touch with somebody who threw you down a rope and brought you back up to the world 
and you've been there for what a year or two and then suddenly you get pushed back down that hole again like that's basically what happened to her but on a on a more cgi fest of a scale but she ended up back somewhere that she really didn't want to be and she still found a way to make the most of it still found a way to save her loved ones and I think it's as much her movie as it is Jonathan Major's movie. Like, honestly, even though Paul Rudd has to perform the, the, the heist, if you will, of the power core, she's the one that is, like, making a lot of the mechanizations happen behind the scenes. She's the one that is kind of carrying the plot forward by slowly revealing things over the course of the film. Um, it, it's kind of a travesty, really, because... You've got such great performances from people like Majors and Pfeiffer that the stars, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Rudd and Evangeline Lilly, feel like they often take a back burner in their own movie. And I will say, I will say the biggest surprise in this movie and some of the best parts of this movie is the flashbacks. The scene, the movie opens with a flashback. It opens with Kang arriving in the quantum realm and 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 Janet finding him. And that was great. I thought their whole history, I felt like, and that's what it feels like. It feels like Kang's movie because this is basically his origin story. It's it's showing how he got there, um, and understanding his story, his side of things, and the fact that they were, you know, they were together for a while, um, and became friends, and adds another layer to this that I really think I think could be play into future. Marvel movies because I, I feel like if Kang comes around and the Avengers have to fight him, you know, I feel like Janet will be in the middle of that and will be someone who will not only want to stop him but maybe even get to him uh to, you know, snap him out of that or, or feel like she has a connection to him. Um but I feel like that whole thing was very emotional. I think it was very easy to as is presented in the trailers to be like, oh they arrive in the quantum realm and Janet knows about this guy named Kang. She knows he's bad news. The fact that she has all this guilt in regards to helping him regain his power and basically enslave the entirety of the quantum realm and you know conquer it um, is brilliant. I think it's brilliant writing, and I think it really adds another dimension to her character. Um, and if you think about it, you know Michelle Pfeiffer really hasn't been given that much to do in these movies. Like she was not in the first movie. Ant-Man. She was in the second movie, but she was basically the MacGuffin, and she showed up in, you know, the last five minutes and healed Ghost or whatever her name was. And then I appreciate the fact that they went out of their way to give her a really proper storyline. Um, it's a shame that Ant-Man and the Wasp storyline, the characters that are literally in the title, couldn't have been stronger. But I still appreciate what we were given. Um, and I think, you know, ov overall, I'm looking forward to seeing where they go in the future. Because obviously, Kang's gonna be sticking around, and we have that post-credit scene with all those Kangs, and that's uh, that's gonna be interesting. Can can we also? Um, dang it, I had a point that I wanted to make, and then I I kind of lost it for a second. I hate it when that happens. I was like, can we also discuss this particular point over here? But then I lost what that point was that I wanted to discuss. I'm sure it'll come back to me though. Um, but I I do. I do appreciate the the depth of those characters. I'm just frustrated that it came at the expense of other characters. I, yeah. I don't like it when they do that. Like if you're going to give somebody a story, it it needs to be 
pertinent and cohesive to the story that is being told overall. Um, I do remember what I wanted to say, though. I finally remembered. Can can we talk for a moment about the prison sequence with Scott and uh, and Kang, where he he tries to flex on Kang by saying that he's an Avenger and he's just summoned the Avengers and you're in a heap of trouble kind of thing. And he just kind of looks at him and he's like, which one are you? Are you the <laughs> are you the one with the hammer? Like he he's killed so many Avengers in so many other timelines that he gets them confused. I feel like that line was meant to be so intimidating. It was meant to be like, like I have killed more Avengers than Thanos. Thanos has only killed the Avengers in one timeline in one universe. I have killed them in like, countless universes so many i've lost count of which one you particularly are and i just i don't feel like the result of the movie matched the talk that he gave if that makes sense it it, it, in shorter vernacular he talked the talk but i don't feel like he walked the walk as far as the imposing intimidating avengers killing presence that this man is supposed to have it's just it 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 didn't line up very well for me like i know that he's boasting about all of these deaths but nobody died yeah it's it is it's like um it's like this thing where I, i heard somebody like kind of make a meme out of this but it's true um, like, oh, Kang's supposed to be this big bad villain, but he got defeated by a bunch of ants in the end. <laughs> like, you know, yes. that's not super intimidating. I think, I think my, I think if I had to narrow down my problem with this movie, it's the end where, you know, Scott sacrifices himself basically yeah. by by allowing them all to go through the portal. Um, remind me to say something about the portal in a minute. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, he go, they all go through the portal and it closes. And I'm watching the movie going like, oh my god, they're actually doing it. They're there. He's going to be at the very least going to be stuck in the quantum realm. And that's interesting. That's like that's really big. And they have to go back. And this movie's going to end on a kind of a downer. And it's going to be you know this thing about you know how does he get out of there or does he survive and you know does this lead to Kang coming back in some way? But then they just open another portal <laughs> for seemingly we were racing to get that portal and then there's just another portal because Cassie could open one and then of course Wasp flies through and you know. Um, they're actually waspathized through the, the first portal. So, and then I was like, oh, they're both going to get stuck in the quantum realm. And I'm like, that's interesting. Or at the very least, maybe they'll die down there. I don't know what's going to happen to them. Like, that's interesting. But no. And then they just save them and they go back to the normal world. And I'm like, you really could have done something interesting having, you know, the Avengers go along. And, and, and it's just like it's the same way with Infinity War. You open Infinity War with Thanos, and you see him. He handily defeats the Hulk, defeats Thor, kills Loki, and you immediately get the sense of like this guy means business. This guy, he's he can't be stopped. You didn't really get that with Kang. 
I think. I think Kang needs a better out outing. I think for Jonathan Major's acting and his ability and just the look of him and all this kind of stuff was great. But I think if you're going to set up a character to be like the next big bad and you want people to fear him, um, I don't know if they hit the mark as perfectly as they could have. Yeah, so I'm going to I'm going to give my three plot qualms that I have for the movie if I can. I know we've only got about six or seven minutes left, but I'm, I'm going to rattle these off really quickly and it's going to piggyback off of some of the stuff you just said. Right. So number one, how in the heck did the ants overwhelm him? I know it's an <laughs> army. I know it's an army of ants and I know that they are, quote unquote, super evolved ants because of the time dispersion and how long they've spent in the quantum realm. I understand all that. They are evolved ants. Congratulations. They're still ants. How did ants overwhelm this super Avenger guy, the like Avenger killing guy? Like how? And then when the time comes. Where do the ants go? Apparently, they're like taking down his army at exactly the same time that the conveniently created portal just happens to be showing up. Like the one time you need the guy to be held down would be when everybody's trying to escape through the damn portal so that he doesn't follow them. But the ants aren't overwhelming him. Then they're going and taking out his army or something, and he's left by himself to have a convenient fist fight with with Ant-Man. Because we haven't had that yet. We've had shoot 'em up sequences and we've had buildings that can fire back at you. And we've had guys that look like broccoli that are helping start a revolution. This movie's got everything except a fist fight. Hey, guess what? Let's have the freaking fist fight at the same time. Everybody's trying to jump through the conveniently created portal. It's just, it's a, it's a whole cluster of conveniences for plot purposes that are all happening in the span of seven to 10 minutes. You have the convenient portal. You've got just enough energy to make one more portal. How convenient you've, you, you've got this, this guy who hasn't had a fist fight with anybody yet, but he's going to have a fist fight to see who can get through this convenient portal first. And the only reason they're having the fist fight is because the ants that were super evolved and were conveniently holding him down a little while ago are now nowhere to be found. It just, what, what is that? Okay. Uh, real quick. Um, I have to say the portals make no sense. No, it makes no sense. Okay. Consider this. They it's, got to the quantum realm because they dumb. shrunk down. They're, they're, you, you, that's the whole point of the quantum realm is that it's deep into the quantum realm, for lack of a better term, of like it's 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 in it's microscopic and it's things and you have to shrink down. You have to get the reason why Janet got there and why Scott got there is they went beyond what their regulator allowed them to go and they got things. So when they get out, they just step through a portal that takes them back to the quote unquote real world. How does that make sense? It's not a different dimension. It's literally, you would have to shrink. You have to enlarge and big yourself to get back to the surface. Big that. <laughs> I know. I know there's a lot of, there's a lot of, so you can do a lot of, with what I just said, um, clip it out as you will. Um, but it doesn't make any sense. And it's just like, it's not explained. It's not explained. This is like, 
they're they're they kind of like it's almost like the writers forgot that like oh we can just open a portal and just people can go anywhere like no it doesn't work like that it's that you the laws you have set up you're breaking yeah yeah it, it that 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 is part of the the convenience of the plot that i i just i i wasn't a big fan of so th- those are the things that that I didn't care for. Why don't we why don't we close the discussion on the stuff that we did like about this movie? What kind of things are are praiseworthy and what kind of score out of 10 would you give Quantumania? Um I will like I said not to sound like a broken record here but I think Kang was fantastic, Jonathan Majors as Kang was fantastic, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer was incredible. Um I think the story with those two is one of the highlights. Um, the, the visuals, I think really impressed. I think there's so many alien species and, you know, all kinds of stuff that's happening down there that I really think they like, they managed to create a world down there, a la Guardians of the Galaxy with the deep space stuff. And, you know, even with like Thor Ragnarok, I think they, they, again, Marvel was able to create another world that didn't seem too similar to those worlds. Um, made something really different and unique and stuff that, you know, I haven't seen in even some true sci-fi stuff, which was great. Um, I think some of the action was really good. I think some of the heart and also some of the character work with Scott himself and, you know, kind of um, going off of him, you know, naturally having an ego after what he went through in Avengers Endgame. Um, I think that was that was great, some great stuff and some genuine laugh-worthy stuff. Um, I will give this movie, hmm, I'll give it an 8 out of 10. Um, I'm taking points away for the, for the lack of a, you know, of a real kind of gut punch at the end that they could have done that I think would have, would have helped. And also those damn portals. Yeah. Plot conveniences are, are taking points off for me as well. And, and I think there, there's just some lack of intimidation if this guy is supposed to be the next thanos i need to be as intimidated by him as i am by thanos he didn't strike me as a thanos level big bad but the post credit scene did give me a little bit of hope as far as that goes so it has potential but i don't think it was quite met but i do think like you said jonathan majors has the acting chops he has what it takes to take Kang to the next level. So even if he didn't meet the standard I was hoping he would in this movie, I think he will meet and possibly even exceed it in movies and and shows and stuff going forward. So uh, I liked his appearance in Loki. I liked uh, who he carried himself as in this movie. Um, But I, I do think that some of the stuff that happens around him was a little convenient for the sake of the plot. So I do take a little bit off for that one, but I think the thing that I loved about this movie was the imagination. Because we've never seen the quantum realm, we as humans in this real world, we've never seen anything on that particular level before. So we don't know what could and could not exist down there. And to have things like Scott pulling off the heist of the power core and seeing the different versions of himself, even the one that is still working at Baskin Robbins, 
I thought that was hilarious. Oh, yeah. I loved I loved that scene. I think the scene where they have to drink the goo and that's the way that they can suddenly understand everybody's languages is by drinking a, a blob from somebody else's flesh, basically. Like, I thought that was funny as heck. And I, I think the supporting cast like Katie O'Brien and David Dasmalkian and even William Jackson Harper, um, Chitty from The Good Place. I, <laughs> I, I thought that this was a great supporting cast. And then the father-daughter dynamics with with Scott and Cassie was was a very heartwarming uh, storyline that I wish had gotten touched on even more than it did. So this movie did a lot of really good things as well. And I appreciate the steps that it took to have buildings that can walk and to have – you know, like I said earlier, creatures and, and people that look like broccoli and different animals and different factions that are rising up to try to fight this conqueror. The the imagination in this movie is second to none. And and I and I love the, the steps that it takes because there aren't very many movies that are as imaginative and as bold as this one. Yeah. Sure. And and so I have to give it back some points for that, because even though it may be missed in a couple of the plot and storytelling areas, it picked up the slack with the great visuals and the great imagination surrounding what transpires when you actually are in the quantum realm. And so I was kind of bouncing back and forth between like a seven and an eight, but I really think I'm also going to give it an eight out of 10. So uh, Steven, Steven's also giving it, I'm going to go on the higher end. He's at 7.75 to eight out of 10, but even, even Schinder gives it an eight out of 10. So um, I think that's kind of the consensus. It's not end game. It's not the best Marvel movie ever, but it is a solid uh, installation in the MCU and it gives us stuff to look forward to for sure. Yeah. I think, I think it does. It does, uh, you know, is a promising setup for what phase five we're going into now. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested. Like, you know, you watch those post-credit scenes. It's like, it's hard not to get excited for, you know, Loki season two, which is coming. And, uh, you know, I'm, of course, uh, Kang dynasty down the line. There, there's a lot that this movie helps set up for, and I I like, like I said, the direction that it's going, and I like that there's potential. I like I like the potential that you get with Jonathan Majors and Kang. So I think I think I think that's all I've got to say for it because we still have a top five segment we got to do tonight before we end up being able to go home. We got more business. We got more business to tend to, and I actually feel like we need to skip around a little bit. I don't know if Steven's still here. He said that he's going to have to head off soon to hang out with his roommates. But let's do um, Joey's because he gets top billing as one of our patrons. And then um, who else was a, was a patron that sent something in? Um, I'll have to take a look. But I think – who else have we got that's a, that's a patron of the show? Uh, is Dan Grievous still a patron of the show? I think he is. I believe so. Um, and then Matthias sent one in. So 
Stephen, we're we're gonna get to your list as soon as feasibly possible, but let's go ahead and dive right in. Joey sent us one and then tagged us. Um, he was like, "Am I too late?" And I was like, "You just barely made it, dude." But where did he comment this? Because I don't even see his comment on the page. Which one are you looking for? Uh, Joey's list. Here it is. Oh, yeah. It, I think it's one of the last ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Posted it like literally an hour ago. So <laughs> our top five discussion, for those of you who don't know, we are looking at our um, trilogy enders. So the third film of a trilogy. Some people call them threequels. Some people call them something else. But basically, it's the third film out of a a set of three that are designed to be a set of three. And Ben, you and I went back and forth on this, talking about how even if there was a fourth movie that came out after it, um, that's just a part of the franchise. That doesn't necessarily negate the fact that this movie is still part of a trilogy, correct? So that, that leaves right. us with things like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, even though they made a fourth one like a couple of decades later, Last Crusade was the thing that rounded out the trilogy, and anything they make after that isn't part of that trilogy. I would say, I would say, I would, um, I would say that you know we can be fast and loose with the rules here. You know, it's it's it's, you know, like I would say that both, and I think some people actually comment these, but both Revenge of the Sith and Return of the Jedi would qualify, even though, you know. Technically speaking, Revenge of the Sith is like the sixth released movie, <laughs> and uh, Return of the Jedi is literally episode six. They were both the third movies in their respective series, so I would say they both qualify. Um, same thing with, you know, if you wanted to talk about Battle of the Five Armies, you know, it's, it's yeah, it's the sixth Lord of the Rings movie, technically speaking, but it's the third in the Hobbit trilogy, so whatever. Um, and even if there's more that, that's come down the pipe, you know, um, with, you know, we've got, you know, the Captain America trilogy. You know, if you, you can do Civil War, um, there's a new Civil War. There's a you know, new world order is coming down the pipe at some point. But uh, right. I would still say it, it matters. So we'll, basically any third movie in a sequence is perfectly fine. And I don't know if some of you actually did this, but uh, I didn't say movies. OK, I didn't say movies. So if you wanted to say, you know, you know, I know. Everyone's listening live hasn't seen it yet. People say, "Oh yeah, The Mandalorian season three is my threequel." You know, that's that's the thing that I'm like, okay, whatever. Uh, if you want to say, um, the clone, uh, Lego Star Wars, The Clone Wars, um, that's also valid. <laughs> Lego Star Wars three, yeah, <laughs> okay. Oh man, that that really opens the door for like Legend of Zelda games. That opens the door for um. What is that? What is that Disney move? The the Disney video game franchise. Um, oh, 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 Joel would know how to say this. Um, Kingdom Hearts. Yes, Kingdom Hearts three could could be something in there as well. But I went I went movies. But if I am gonna do TV shows, I would say that um, the the third season of Avatar: The Last Airbender was fantastic. 
So I may make that an honorable mention or something. I just but. think this is a neat, this is interesting thing because we always talk about sequels. We always talk about oh some you know some sequels you know like The Empire Strikes Back whatever some of them are better than others. Um, we don't talk a whole lot about the third movies, um, in a trilogy or in a series, and uh, you know some of them are just the third movie in a many. Some of them are the end, say Back to the Future Part Three. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there is a lot of great. Some some franchises peaked with their third movies, as we may find out. So, um, yeah, interesting topic. Yeah, so I'll go and ahead. In the same vein as Ant-Man. Like, we're talking about the third Ant-Man movie. It felt like felt appropriate to do yeah. uh, third movies. That is true. That is very true. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and dive right in and read off some of the top fives, because some of them are going to be longer than others. Thankfully, Joey, did, Joey did not make his long-winded, but there are some who did. Um, at number five for Joey, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Uh, I hadn't even considered Harry Potter as part of that, but uh, you know what? Like we're saying, fast and loose, we'll we'll count it. At number four, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. At number three, Episode Six, Return of the Jedi. At number two, Ghostbusters Afterlife. He really, mm. really enjoyed Afterlife. I enjoyed it, but I don't know if I would put it as like my number two threequel, but he put it up there. And then rounding out the top of Joey's top five, number one, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Wow. And then uh, he asked, am I late? Did I make it in time? And I said, barely in all caps. <laughs> he sends me this gif of of Gandalf. He goes, a wizard is never late, nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to. <laughs> oh, there you go. There's oh, our, my gosh. There's, there's, our, uh, there's our quote of the night for those of you that remember the olden days when we actually had a quote of the night on this show. Who the olden days. Goodness gracious. The olden um, days. Uh, up next, we've got our good buddy, Dan Grievous. Um, he says, number five, Kung Fu Panda 3. Number four, Spider-Man No Way Home. Number, number, did I say number three? I meant number four. Number three is actually Thor Ragnarok. Number two, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And number one, I think anybody that knows Dan saw this coming from a mile away, Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. I mean, it's it's General Grievous. His 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 YouTuber name is Dan Grievous. Like that that one was kind of obvious. That was also I mean Revenge of the Sith. Come on, I mean come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All righty, on to Matthias, and then uh, Ben. If you want to take Stephen, we'll each get an essay tonight. <laughs> okay. I didn't even realize Matthias is in his. Oh my God, guys, you are um, you're dedicated. Hey, I love the dedication, though. We, we've we got some hardcore listeners. We've got 10 people listening live tonight. I don't think since we switched over to my Zach the Voice Mixler page, I don't think we've ever had double-digit listeners when we record live. So, like, Crazy this is this is pretty cool. Thank you all for, for joining us. If you are still listening live, join us in the chat and, and let us know who's all tuning in tonight. I saw George in the chat. I saw Steven in the chat. There's eight more of you out there, apparently. So uh, let us know who's actually tuning in live right now. Matthias's number five is Toy Story 3, a great story and beautiful animation that concludes the narrative of these characters in a fantastic way. It definitely should have ended there, but Hollywood is going to be Hollywood, I guess. I don't mind so much since this one is still one of the greatest animated movies and has a terrifying villain with a heart-wrenching and very real backstory. Number four, Avengers Infinity War, the third Avengers movie. That's a good point. Damn it. (laughs) 
probably <laughs> one of the best superhero movies ever made. It was a very crazy and gripping adventure that showed all the great characters from their best side. It also has a spectacular and cinematic action with almost every one of the best actors of this generation. And also fantastic music done by the great Alan Silvestri. Episode 6, Return of the Jedi, comes in at 3. Tells a great story while bringing feelings to the already stellar writing, epic action, phenomenal music, and some of the coolest ships in the history of flying ships. Number two, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. I may not have read the books yet, but it still feels like a perfect adaptation either way with a epic story, spectacular action, fantastic cast, and magical music to beautiful pictures. Rounding it out, number one, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade is for me one of the most epic and, cinem- and one of the most epic and cinematic, even though I actually haven't seen it in cinemas. Same. It has some of the best acting, action, character writing, and story in the movies, all the while the magical music of the brilliant maestro John Williams plays. And the chemistry between Ford and Connery makes it fantastic to watch while it also has great humor. One of the best movies ever made and the greatest adventure with the world's coolest archaeologist. Extremely excited for the new one as well. I wish you guys a happy night. Good luck with the rest of the reading as well as your own list. Keep up the fantastic work. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Matthias. That is a great list. That's so good. Um, up next, I believe. Um, do, do I go ahead and knock Stevens out? <laughs> yeah, here? Ste- hopefully, Stevens still here. But yeah, let's go ahead and do Stevens. We'll each get an essay and then move on. All right. Cool. Cool. Oh, so uh, <laughs> let me bend. <clears throat> Uh, he says, first off, uh, my honorable mentions are Toy Story 3 and Logan. The former would have been on the list had you not specified that the three goals had to be trilogy enders. Um, Story Story 3 was coined for a while and and worked well, but I still think Toy Story 4 justified its own existence. Meanwhile, Logan is the third Wolverine solo movie, but it doesn't really try to connect to the previous ones. And it's really more of a standalone, except fi- ex- ex- excellent film that never – fails to make me cry um and i do apologize Stephen. we a little bit of miscommunication there with the whole things i i i I said trilogy ender but i wasn't really like oh it has to be a trilogy ender it's just like it you know some some of them trilogy ender some of them aren't um but still i think we're in for a good list so he says at number five Bill and Ted face the music. I think I rated this a little higher when I saw it, but it doesn't have as much staying power for me as other stuff I've listed. Regardless, this is easily the best Bill and Ted film. Wow. Uh, which really surprised me. It's not even often that that distant sequels recapture or surpass their predecessors. Uh, coming in at number four, we've got Spider-Man No Way Home. I prefer this over Homecoming, but not over Far From Home. While the Flash movie trailer was made, made me realize just how evil and, uh, and this manipulative nostalgia – cameos are there's no denying that the fond memories of crowd reaction to andrew toby andrew and toby coming back this film also does a great job of pleasing fans who liked or disliked the direction of the home trilogy it feels like a natural progression of those films but also brings peter parker back to basics by the end of uh the the trilogy um so number three, we've got Back to the Future Part 3. I prefer this over Part 2, not over the first one. Regardless, it's so fun seeing Marty and Doc in the Old West, and for a change, we get to see Doc deal with romance. Such a fun dialogue, even if some of it is repurposed from earlier films. Uh, number two, Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. I rank this above Two Towers, but The Fellowship of the Ring, 
but, but below Fellowship of the Ring. I do have issues with some adap- ad- adaptational changes, such as Frodo believing Gollum more than Sam. This is an epic and has such a heartwarming moments in music like when Sam carries Frodo. Uh, I really see how brave the Hobbits can be. It is, it's inspirational seeing friends band together to save the world from a great evil. I love the cred- end credit song, Into the West. It really feels like a happy ending. Um, and coming in at number one for Steven is War for the Planet of the Apes. It says, this is my favorite of the Caesar trilogy and probably my favorite of all the Planet of the Apes films. It is quite a feat of an installment of a long-running franchise. This took Caesar to a dark place and always tear up during the conversation at the end. It might not be as iconic as Return of the King, but this content continuity did such a good job of honoring the past while also doing its own thing. And War feels like the most indifferent from any of the classic Planet of the Apes films. I look forward to seeing where Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes goes. End quote. Great list, Stephen, as always. Um, yeah, and stuff. Some of those I hadn't even thought of. I just now thought of uh, War for the Planet of the Apes, which again is a darn good one. Yeah, and and honestly, it's like a true trilogy ender. Like that, if if we're sticking to trilogy ending, like, you know, for a fact that, you know, Lord of the Rings is one, two, three. Harry Potter's a lot more than three. Avengers is a lot more than three. Toy Story is a lot more than three. But like if we're if we're talking about true trilogy enders, War for the Planet of the Apes definitely gives closure to that apes trilogy that was made. And it is so freaking good. Um it's one that I probably am going to end up including in my honorable mentions because my top five is like kind of stacked and I'm kind of mad. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard, man. And there's, you know, every time we get into these things, it's like, Oh, this is going to be easy. I know, you know, I know my top five from heart. I can just belt it out. And then you start getting into it and you start reading everyone else's lists. And you're like, Oh my God. (laughs) What, 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 what have I done? What have I missed? Everyone had such a good ideas. And uh, yeah, it's one of those again. Yeah, I, I'm probably going to have like a top eight. I'm going to give like three honorable mentions because of everybody else's list now. So uh, just three honorable mentions. And I'm thanks proud of that. Thanks for that, everybody. Um, shoot. All right. I'm kind of out of order because we did patrons first and we did. And then we jumped to Steven. Um you know what? I'm going to do Star Raptors next. I'm going to do Chris Abbott. He's got a, cool. a pretty straightforward list. Didn't go too far over the top with it. Um, at number five, he's got Toy Story 3. At number four, he's got Last Crusade. At number three, he's got Revenge of the Sith. At number two, Return of the King. And then at number one, it's Return of the Jedi. So a couple of Return of the and a Revenge of the um None of those surprising, although I think the order kind of surprises me a little bit, but only a little. Because yeah. he's literally like his profile picture is him standing um, in, in a replica of the Millennium Falcon, I think, holding a lightsaber. So uh, <laughs> having having a Star Wars film as the number one, that part doesn't surprise me. Great. Yeah. List. He's great. holding my lightsaber, by the way. That's a great picture. I think I took that picture. It's a great list. Good job. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go back up to the top, near the top, I think. Um, so, um, okay, this, this requires a little bit of explanation. So we had a little bit of miscommunication about the list. Um, Jesse Bennett sent in a list, but it was a bit off, um, of what we had in mind. But, and then we, like, you put in a correction, because I was busy, and, uh, Jesse was like, 
I'll leave my list the same. You're not getting two top five lists out of me in one post. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Jesse, fair enough. Fair enough. Obviously, fair enough. So um, I'm just going to read it as thing because he says, honorable mention, John Wick, it's getting a fourth installment, so it didn't make the list. So he was also kind of in the thing, which is fine, okay, which is fine. Still yep. great lists. Um, and most of these are trilogy enders, so really things. But he says, uh, number five, Spider-Man. Uh, number four, Austin Powers. Number three, I should say Spider-Man, the Toby series. Um, uh, number three, the Robert Langdon trilogy of Da Vinci Code, uh, Angel Demons and Inferno. Okay, cool. Uh, number two, Back to the Future. And number one, the original Jurassic Park trilogy. Although, although, Jesse, I think if you knew we were talking about three equals. <laughs> Probably. It, it might not have picked Jurassic Park 3. I'm just going to. I'm just going to make that suggestion. So Nobody don't be too hard did. on Jesse, please. Nobody else did. In fact, in my opinion, if we were if we were talking about what are the best trilogies, um, I probably would put Jurassic Park like at number five or something, because the first two are so strong. But the third one drags it so far down. Yeah, we already have decided that we basically have to do the opposite version of this. We have to do top worst threequels now. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I've got so many that I rattled off for you earlier, like going back through it. Um, Spider-Man 3, RoboCop, Alien 3, Jurassic Park 3. I, I, I said the list basically writes itself. Uh, the, the, the third uh, Star Wars movie in the sequel trilogy, which just happens to be nine. I'm just going to say. <laughs> yeah, that one was pretty I'm sorry. Sharp I'm well. sorry. I didn't know if you wanted to go down that road or not, but uh, yeah, well, I I didn't, but I knew it was inevitable. So we'll have the discussion at a later date. Yeah, we probably will at some point. Uh, I'm going to do Robin Glader's list. Uh, this one also came with a bit of protest. Top five threequels and top five trilogy enders is not the same thing. And I, I don't know if I agree with that, but OK, OK, I, I'll, I'll admit I botched this a little bit, so I'll take some criticism. You're, he says, you, you, you replied saying, you know, we're not big on rules with these things. Pick what feels right. I love that we leave it up to the discretion of of our listeners. So um, and it looks like George submitted something. He's in the chat saying my list is he, up. He we did. Will, he did. I see. Will, it. We will make sure to make mention of it, George. Thank you for sending something in, dude. Uh, honorable mention Infinity War. Dead comment. Okay, if that's if that's allowed, then I gotta rewrite my whole damn list. Um, number five, No Way Home. Number four, The Dark Knight Rises. First mention of that one tonight. Wow. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade at three. Back to the Future Part Three at number two, and Return of the Jedi rounds it out at number one. Oh man, I, I'm starting to feel, I'm starting to feel bad about myself. Like, spoiler alert, folks. Jedi's not even in my list. Um, double spoiler alert, it's not my list either. Like, I I I appreciate And I love I love Return of the Jedi, okay? I love that movie, but it's not on my list. I I, I don't love it. Oh but really? I didn't, I, may, I didn't know. I may I may lose my nerd card for it, but I, I don't I don't love Jedi. Look, I think that's the I think not liking Return of the Jedi is like the the coldest take you can have. It's just like nobody cares what your opinions on the old movies is. Yeah. For so real. what's your what's your hot take on the new stuff? That's what yeah, matters. For real. <sighs> okay. All right. Um 
uh, coming up next, we've got McMahon, our old buddy. He uh, says, first of all, he says, uh, if anyone says Godfather 3, take him out back and give him the old yeller treatment. Okay. That's interesting. We have some well, strong I opinions. Think, I think I think that was based on one of my replies, like one of my one of my clarifying replies. I said, um, I know the wording may be confusing, but please try to keep it to the third movie in a trilogy like ROTS, Return of the King, Kung Fu Panda 3. And then I said, Godfather 3, if you dare, with a laugh. <laughs> so I believe that reply is is based on the the, the clarification comment that I made. Yeah. Also, um, Revert, uh, uh, you know, just uh, they they don't deserve the same treatment if they say Superman three. Just saying. Just yeah. saying. Yeah. Um, but we'll actually get to we'll have the discussion later. He actually says at number five, Spider-Man No Way Home. Number four, Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Uh, number two is Indiana Jones. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm screwing this up. Uh, number three is Indiana Jones: The Last Crusade. Number two. Back to the Future Part 3, uh, and number one, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Okay, so that's the third movie in the franchise, but was the Harry Potter series meant to be a trilogy? Like, I don't know. I guess mm. it's the third movie in the franchise. Like, Infinity War is the third Avengers movie, but it's not the last Avengers movie. But there's like the there is no Avengers trilogy, if you think about it. No, you know, not. Infinity War doesn't work. Infinity War is the third one, but it doesn't work for that endgame. Right. Right. You. You. Well, I mean, it kind of does. I, I have strong opinions about Infinity War versus Endgame as well, ones that I probably shouldn't get into on this episode. No, you should not. Moving along. I think we've had that discussion. Moving along. Uh, Tim Ford, let me see. Uh, for the top three. Okay, so he's giving some clarification. Uh, I'll go ahead and go through the five and then kind of circle back. Uh, at number five, it's Clerks 3. Randall would be pissed that I even mentioned Return of the King, though. At number four, <laughs> Dark Knight Rises. Number three, he says, uh, Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. I know there will soon be five movies, but come on, Last Crusade literally showed Indy riding into the sunset at the end. That being said, I'll be in the theater to see Indy 5. <laughs> at number two, Return of the King. And at number one, Return of the Jedi. Gotta love uh, those returns. For the top three, Tim says, Return of the King is technically a better quote-unquote film than Jedi, but nostalgia is a hell of a drug. I have such great memories seeing Jedi in the theater numerous times in 1983, and I like Star Wars a lot more than LOTR. Last Crusade is an easy pick for number three. I think it's the second best Indiana Jones movie, although several people have told me it's their favorite. Wow. Very interesting. Um, We already did, we already did Star Raptor, right? We did. I think we're down to Scott. We we're, we're right. kind of jumping around, so yeah, we already. Uh, did. Yeah, I think we're I think we're finally getting close to being kind of in sync now and in in proper order. Um, but Scott Forbes has the next one. Um, and they say number five, Captain America. I'm assuming you meant to say Civil War, but you said Winter Soldier, so we'll. And they, I mean, technically, I, maybe maybe you could fit Winter Soldier as like the third of a trilogy, because um, I know there's like secret trilogies that people create their own. Like, uh, there's the the Death Star trilogy for Star Wars. We have Revenge of the Sith, A New Hope, uh, Revenge of the Sith, Rogue One, A New Hope, the Death Star trilogy. Heard heard of that? No. It's weird, but I mean. Really weird. You do you. <laughs> um, number four, we got Glass. Number three, Spider-Man No Way Home. No Way Home's getting a lot of love tonight. Uh, number two, Return of the King. And number one, 
Revenge of the Sith. Ah, another good list. Another really good list as I continue to rearrange my list. I know I'm doing the same thing. I'm I'm keep uh keep uh I'm trying hard not to steal from people's lists here, but it's really hard. <laughs> uh, I'm straight up stealing. Like I think I've got two that are gonna make it into my five that I'm stealing from other people's lists because I'm like, damn it, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> do you need do you need a minute to to do your list? I can read off George's really quick. If you don't mind, I gotta I gotta work on this. That's fine. Also, we got a couple of other submissions. I'll try to get to once I get done with George's. Um, so George, oh, I forgot about those. Yeah. I'll oh help. yeah, I did. I did too. Um, so uh, George, our gold good buddy, um, he sent in his list just in the nick of time. Um, he says, "Return of the Jedi, Revenge of the Sith, The Dark Knight Rises." The Matrix Revolutions, not a lot of Matrix um, fans tonight, and Return of the King are his picks. Um, and I'll go ahead and go back over. Um, I put this little, uh, I put the prompt for the top fives in, over in the uh, Star Wars Underworld Network Discord. Um, and my good buddy Joel Davis uh, got back to me, and he says, um, "Spider-Man: No Way Home, Return of the King, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade." Iron Man 3, that's the first uh, mention we've gotten of Iron Man 3, and I know it's going to piss off at least one person here tonight. <laughs> uh, and Dark Knight Rises. Joel, you are disqualified. <laughs> oh, goodness. Cancel culture is still a thing. Joel's list is canceled. <laughs> I think he said it's like one of his favorite MCU movies. So uh, needless to say, we need to get you and Joel on a call so you can just tear each other apart <laughs> oh please no oh my God. i i don't i don't i don't i honestly i i understand that the mcu is big enough for everybody to have something that they really appreciate i probably unnecessarily obsess on things like wandavision so right i i, I get it i get it, it it's <laughs> that that's that's the beauty of the mcu to each their own that's what i'm gonna leave it as i promise Right. Um, so we got, I think, one more. One more that Danny was sent in to me on Instagram from Danny Dukes uh, up in Canada. And uh, it's really cool because Danny ended up meeting Jesse through IPC, and they have been doing some collaborations uh, on oh, their that's thing cool. as well. I think Danny helped make the logo for Question Possible Answer. I think that's the oh, way it went. Danny is a multi-talented individual, so it doesn't doesn't surprise me. It was pretty cool how IPC was able to help link people together. I thought that was really cool. Um, honorable mentions from Danny Dukes include Austin Powers' Gold Member, Kung Fu Panda 3, a surprisingly cool end to the trilogy and an upgrade from the sequel while not quite reaching the original installment's greatness. Completely agree. Trilogy is underrated as far as action and how great the animation styles and environments look. Oh, those are those are good honorable mentions. At number five, the 1992 film Army of Darkness. Number four, The Bourne Ultimatum. I think that's the first Bourne mention and the only one we're going to get tonight. At number three, Ocean's 13. Number two, Return of the Jedi. And number one, Return of the King. I think the the returns really won tonight, I think. <laughs> I think those in Last Crusade are probably like the biggest ones that have made many, it. Sure. Many happy returns, as they say. Aha! Very clever. Which there, I mean, it, it, let's face it, both those movies are kind of uplifting, happy-go-lucky endings. 
Um, I think that I think that says something about uh, how popular they are. But um, I think we have arrived at the point in the show we reveal our lists. Um, that is, if your list is ready. Um, I feel nice. like the shoe's on the other foot tonight because usually I'm the one that's scrambling. Um, and I actually have my list ready. It hasn't been ready for very long, by maybe about five or ten minutes. Um, but it is ready to go. Um, uh, but I don't want to. I don't want to rush you. <laughs> no, we do need to rush because we've only got like ten minutes left in this broadcast before we need to call it a night. So like, I I need to be done. I'm I'm done. This is it. I I'm gonna I'm gonna have to live with it. I Let's don't do like it. it. I don't like it, but I have to live with it. All right. <laughs> Honorable mentions. Um, Toy Story three. Mm-hmm. I I I. I I had trouble placing it in the top five because I think I just like the others that are in my five more than I like Toy Story 3. I think they just they're more rewatchable. Um, Madagascar 3 is an honorable mention for me. I thought it was way better than Madagascar 2, and it was fun, and it gave better extrapolation of all the characters. I thought it was a really well-made movie, Madagascar 3. Kung Fu Panda 3, again... One of those ones where the third installment is a better sequel than the second movie. And I think Cars 3 does that as well. I think Cars 3 is what Cars 2 should have been. Mm. But that's all I'm going to say about Cars 3. And then I've got to put Infinity War in there. So, yeah, I'm basically giving you a top ten because I, I I can't make a five, folks. I just can't. So <laughs> Toy Story 3, Madagascar 3, Kung Fu Panda 3, Cars 3, and Infinity War are my honorable mentions. At number five, barely beating out Infinity War because I just – I think I enjoyed this movie more than I enjoyed Infinity War, but it is by the slimmest of margins. At number five for me is Thor Ragnarok. Uh, I, I love what Chris Hemsworth character has his character becomes. I love the new friends that he makes. Uh, I, I love the story direction that Taika Waititi sends it. I love the music. I love Kate Blanchett as the villain. Uh, there's just, I, I, I love the incorporation of the Hulk. There's just, there's so much about that movie to enjoy. And then uh, Jeff Goldblum. It makes it 10 out of 10 Goldblums for me. It's just it's a fantastic movie and still, in my opinion, the best Thor movie out of the four that have been made. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, So, um, yeah, that's 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 a great list. That's a great thing. Weirdly, I did not I did not end up with that many honorable mentions. Um, So I'm just going to read them off right now and say that um, one that got a lot of love tonight that I also love, um, Spider-Man No Way Home, goes without saying. Incredible movie. Um, And it's crazy that it's so recent, so new, but it's it's become an instant classic. Um, One that did not get much mention at all tonight, I don't think, was uh, Star Trek Beyond, movie that – I still really is one of my favorite Trek films, and that I think I think I think it's a really I think it might be the strongest of that trilogy. And I I really like yes, In the Darkness is wild, but I still like it. Uh, I really like the 2008 movie, 2009 movie, I think it is. But uh, Beyond is really good, and uh, I'm still gunning for that that sequel, the Star Trek Four. Okay, I still want it. Um, but it's also weird that um. I we are so in sync because also coming in number five for me is Thor Ragnarok at, at pretty much for the same reasons that you put it out as. 
Wow, that's that is pretty crazy. I don't think we we very rarely ever have the same uh, movie in the same place. Sometimes it'll be like your three, my two, or something like. Right. That. This is an anomaly, my friends. That is, yeah. that is, that is very very. But it's it's uh, that good. Like it's not. It's like I don't know. Another discussion. Like I, it might be number one because. Thor Ragnarok is like one of my favorite movies, like period. Like it's great. Um, yes. And it's definitely one of the best in the MCU. But there's some that beat it out, so that's why it's at number five. But it had to be on number five. Well, uh, checking in at number four for me, uh, for a while it wasn't in the list. And then uh, it bounced back into the list at five, and then I bumped it up to four. Um, this one this one has probably been, been jumping around the most because – as much as I love this film, it has been several years since I've seen it, and I have a hard time putting a movie that I haven't seen recently into my top five. I have probably seen Madagascar 3 more recently than I have seen this movie, but <laughs> I, I can't let recency bias dictate how fantastic this movie is, and the, the justification that's been pitched by other people's comments has convinced me to put this in my list despite the fact that I haven't seen it recently, and that is Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Uh, I, I agree 100% that there are very few movies out there that have a better father-son dynamic than what you get with Sean Connery and Harrison Ford. And it is is just a fantastic movie from start to finish. It is witty. It's funny. It's adventurous. It doesn't feel forced. You feel excited to have a third Indiana Jones movie. Uh, there are some other franchises where you're like, really? We've got a third one of this? I can't believe it, Jurassic Park 3. But um, this one does not feel that way. And I I really do enjoy this movie, even if I haven't seen it recently. So Last Crusade, number four. Um, I don't know quite how to say this, so I'm just going to say it. Um, Last Crusade is also my number four. Shut up! We did Shut not plan this, by the way. Up. We did not plan this. Shut up! <laughs> no freaking way! I'm, I, I, when you, it took all my being to not say something when you were talking a minute ago. Oh my gosh! Okay, well, I know the trend is going to break for number three. Right. I was just about to say that, like, oh, crap. Yeah, that's not going to um, that's not going to work. Yeah, no, you're my number three is not going to be your number three. But do you do you have any further comments on Last Crusade? I don't want to take up your airtime for, for Last Crusade. Um, no, no. I, I All I will say is, like, I really I love this movie. It's, it's probably my favorite Indiana Jones movie. And, you know, a lot of people will kind of go back and forth and say, like, you know, Oh, Raiders is the best one, but Last Crusade is the second best, or like Lewis Crusade is the best one in the franchise. I'm definitely in the. I think Last Crusade is the best one. It is the best Indiana Jones movie. Um, I hope it can be rivaled by Dial of Destiny. I really do, but it's it's hard to beat. That's a great great ending for that trilogy and just a great movie. The whole like like somebody else said, Indy riding off into the sunset is just it's perfection. Yeah. You can't get much better than that. And you throw in Marcus, like all the characters. It's not just Indy. It's you know Marcus Brody. You got Sean Connery. Like it's the whole ensemble of that movie. I can watch it a thousand times. I get tired of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very true. Okay, uh, my number three is actually one of your honorable mentions. That's how well, I know. Well, one my one of my number three. Uh, I think my number three is is one of your honorable mentions. That's how I know. 
<laughs> so that's, we're in sync, even though we're not in sync, we're still in where, sync. That's where the trend breaks. Um, my number three is actually going to be Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, I, I feel like out of all of the Marvel movies that have gotten three iterations, they've, they've gotten a total of three films or more. I feel like No Way Home is the closing segment on a three-part story rather than, oh, let's just see what else Iron Man is up to. Oh, let's just see what happens next for the Guardians of the Galaxy. I feel like the stuff that happens in Homecoming and Far From Home and then what happens to Peter in Infinity War and Endgame, it all gets kind of culminated in No Way Home. In addition to finding a way to cross over with the other iterations of Spider-Man, this movie accomplishes so much. And every time I watch it, I never feel like it's dragging. I never feel like it's going too long. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy this movie from start to finish every time for so many different reasons. Makes me tear up. You have big stakes with characters like May getting killed off. Like, this movie's got pretty much everything that I would hope for from an MCU movie. And as much as I enjoy Ragnarok, I feel like it changes Hemsworth's Thor. It it, it improves it, but it changes it. And it doesn't necessarily feel like a, a direct continuation or extension of the previous two movies. No Way Home feels like a continuation and an extension of Homecoming and Far From Home and rounds out all three movies and gives closure to other franchises at the same time. It's just a great movie. Yeah, and No Way Home is like – the only comment I'll have on that is like I, there is this permeating uh, complaint on the internet that's like – Oh, Mar- Phase Four of Marvel like sucked or whatever else people say that like, and I'm like, are you insane? Are you are you have people literally gone mad? Like No Way Home came out just a little over a year ago. It's one of the best movies ever. Like it's incredible. How could you say like even if everything else in Phase Four sucked, which it doesn't, um, No Way Home <laughs> puts it way towards the top. Like it's so such a it's amazing that movie works so well because, like, going into it, we all knew the cameos. We all knew who was going to be showing up. But the fact is that, like, it still was like, is this going to be good? Is it going to actually work as a movie? Because it's going to be so much nostalgia. They could have fumbled that ball so much, but they didn't. It's amazing. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it. you can't say enough about it. All right. So what is your number three then, sir? Wait, wait, wait. All right. You, you, said, you said that it's one of my honorable mentions, right? Right. Okay. So uh, knowing you, I have a feeling uh-huh. it's not going to be Madagascar three. I have a no. feeling it's not going to be Kung Fu Panda three. I've re- I've rarely heard you sing the praises of the Cars franchise. So I I have a feeling it's either going to be the nostalgia factor of Toy Story three or the argument in favor of Infinity War that we've gotten from the comments tonight. But since you said that your list has been set. I don't feel like it'll be Infinity War. Am I correct in guessing that your number three is Toy Story 3? You are correct, good sir. Ooh, Very correct. Hey, hey. We are we are in sync even when we're not in sync. It's incredible. Um, we, we're, we are sharing a mind tonight. Um, and all I have to say about Toy Story 3, it is I think it is genuinely my favorite 
um, Toy Story film of all time. Um, and I, I consider myself a giant Toy Story fan. I was a Toy Story fan before I was a Star Wars fan. I w- I've been obsessed with those movies since I was literally probably could talk. So Toy Story is very, very near and dear to my heart. Um, and Toy Story 3 came along, you know, as, you know, I was mostly an adult at that point, but like it still recaptured that. Had my qualms with Toy Story 4, um, and I'm not sure what to think about Toy Story 5 whenever that happens, but uh, Toy Story 3 okay. is a sequel that we did not need. We also totally needed, and uh, the only bad part about it is I can't get through with that freaking ball of my eyes out, okay? Oh. Dude, my God, my allergies um, are always acting up right around the time you hear him say so long, partner. Like for some reason, allergies, boom, hits right then. I wish they would just stop cutting onions around me when that part gets to that part of the movie. Seriously. Come on now. Seriously. Jeez. But yeah, that's my number three. All right. On to my penultimate, my silver medal, if you will. And I feel like I'll get some brownie points uh, from the from the Star Wars fans, especially after saying that Jedi is not making it onto my list. Um, instead, my my second favorite is Revenge of the Sith. I I think the more I watch Star Wars media, the deeper my appreciation gets for that film. There were times that I thought it was hokey, that I thought it was campy, that I thought it was predictable. Um, but the more context that gets built around it and the more order 66 sequences that we get and the more repercussions that we see from it in shows like andor and the bad batch um the more i come to appreciate this film and what it accomplishes and it it was a lot that took place around 2005 but i think it's really impressive how well it is standing the test of time and as far as the third movie in a trilogy goes, um, it's definitely the best among Star Wars. Like, I will I will die on that hill. But it's also just top two third installments, period, for me. I, I am loving that movie more and more. Interesting that you would include... Revenge of the Sith as your number two. Because I was also thinking that I needed to include a Star Wars movie on my list. And uh, you know what? Why the what the hell? I think I like Revenge of the Sith, too. So it's also my number two. No way. You, you just you just bumped it from number one. So that we could have the same number two or something, didn't you? No, no. I had my number one set from the get-go. It was the first one that I wrote down. All right. <laughs> and you trust trust me on this. Trust me on this. I know this sounds like I'm. It sounds like we're we're in sync and we're just like completely making this up. No, we did not discuss this prior. Great. This um, is this is this is probably the most in sync any of our lists have ever been. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, as far as third movies go, I mean, Revenge of Sith, you know, goes without saying, it's the strongest, I think. Like, I love Return of the Jedi. I don't think it's as strong as Revenge of the Sith, and uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I can appreciate Return of Re- uh, Re- the, 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 the Rise of Skywalker, the, another R. 
Um, I can appreciate it for what it is, but uh, it's not Revenge of the Sith by any stretch of the imagination. Um, Revenge of the Sith is just like it's the movie that I continue to go back for to him. Like, oh my god, this movie is amazing. Um, yeah, it's just it's just great. It's great. It's the strongest third Star Wars movie. Come on, what 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 else can I say? Oh man, we're we're running out of time, so there's not much more to say. <laughs> We're we're I, I we're already over two hours and I was hoping we'd get it to ninety minutes, but dad gummit we had a lot of really great top fives that people sent us. So you know uh, what? A short IPC podcast? Come on. Yeah, now. that'll 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 never happen. We got it we gotta make the most of it. We only get to do these once a month, so you know, I I'll 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 live with it. Um the gold medal. And in my opinion, the gold standard for third installments of a franchise for ways to complete a trilogy, for storytelling, character development, arcs, music, um, satisfaction level, the the scope, the world building, everything that you could possibly want from the, the final film of a trilogy, the third film of a trilogy, whatever you want to call it, the third film of a franchise – I I cannot think of anything else that I would ever put in the top spot. I, I, I simply cannot. And and the Academy Awards back me up on this. It is the most highly decorated movie in the history of the Oscars. And it has held that title for the last 20 years. And I feel like that title will stand the test of time for a good another 20 years to come. My number one pick tonight is Return of the King. And I'm going to go a step further and say the extended editions. I I have I have joined that that fan base that says if you're going to watch something, don't half ass it. And I am going to say watch the entire four hours because it is just mind blowing how much story it tells. Yes, it is a tall order. But when you're done, you just you feel so incredibly satisfied. The the serotonin levels that I have from how happy I am about the way the story concludes is pretty much unmatched from the conclusion of any other story that I've ever watched. It's great. Like you I mean, it it's on a bunch of people's list. It's on an, it number one on a bunch of people's lists for a reason and it's a much beloved movie and you know it speaks for itself like it's it's one of the best endings to ever end like seriously movies freaking amazing um and you know it just it just rounds it out because as we've discussed tonight so many so many endings can put a damper on the entire process, the entire story. And you can have a good trilogy, but if the last movie doesn't quite work out, you know, it's it's like, you know, the Spider-Man trilogy, the original Tobey Maguire movies. Like, you know, Spider-Man is good. Spider-Man 2 is great. Spider-Man 3 is eh. And it just kind of puts a damper on the whole thing. Um, So – you know, it's it's uh it's all right. I I I I think uh, but Return of the King is the the masterclass. It's the the template on which you create a perfect ending. But it's not your number one, is it? Um, no, it is not. It is definitely not. All that praise just for it to not be your number one. Nope. It's uh <laughs> we are not in sync on our number ones. 
The number one for me is one that is very special to me. And I think you probably know where this is going, but I'll, I'll elaborate a little bit more. Um, it's one that I genuinely, if you knew me, if you were especially friends with me on Facebook and maybe follow me on Twitter, you knew that I was posting a little too much about this movie when it came out um, and was genuinely obsessed. So much so, I got tired of it. I burnt myself out. I watched this movie too many times. And it's still like to this day, I'm like I kind of have to be in the mood for it. I kind of have to watch myself because it's just it things but like i have to remind myself like it's genuinely one of my favorite movies of all time and of course i'm talking about avengers infinity war this movie freaking blew my mind back in the day and uh the hype level was of course through the roof back back then and you know you still had endgame coming down the pipe and i, I love endgame but uh there's nothing quite like infinity war and that movie just all the things and and being that I was so invested in the MCU. I kind of got into it late in the game. I really wasn't into it and kind of when the Avengers came out. So I really got into it, you know, around Winter Soldier and then going further along, just getting invested in all the storylines of the characters and like seeing it all come together and all the, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy and all of them just come together and have this giant adventure. Um, just mind-blowing i still still can't help but appreciate all these years later that how how what a feat that movie was and how incredible it is and and you know i can they have a tall order with kang dynasty and secret wars to match or even surpass the level of just genuine masterpiece that is infinity war it is such an amazing film and I think one of the things that I love about it is, yes, you've got like a cast of 30 people that all starred in their own movies and made millions and millions of dollars all by themselves on their own films coming together to fight a common foe. The level of stardom that that movie possesses is to this day still unparalleled. And everything that they're able to pull off in this movie is fantastic the the action the drama the hope and then the dashing of the hope at the end of the movie that's one of my favorite things about it uh, and one of the reasons why i love infinity war more than endgame the bad guy wins i yeah. love a story where the bad guy wins his master plot comes true Everything that he's been plotting for actually comes to pass. All the resistance that you put together is still not enough. And the the sense of despair that was just permeating throughout the theater. I thrived on other people's pain for months because I loved how upset everybody was that the good guys didn't win. I was like, yes. Let that hate flow through you because it will give you power. <laughs> I loved it. I loved yeah. the movie, and I, I so desperately wanted to put it into my five, but it just barely didn't make it. But I totally understand why it would be somebody's number one completely. Indeed. So there you have it. Our fives, 
all great lists, great lists from everybody. Like this was a really, really interesting topic that I think uh, was was fun to get into fully and uh, very thought provoking. I think it made us all think a little bit. Same number five, same number four, and same number two. I don't wow. think I don't think that's ever happened in the history of IPC top fives. That's that's where that's one for the history books. Really, truly, that just is crazy. That is just ridiculous. I'm going to I'm going to highlight that because we made history tonight. <laughs> remember this. Remember, remember the 28th of February where it does not rhyme at all. <laughs> well, well, we're just under the wire. We've got, well, at least according to my clock, um, it's going to be 45 more minutes of February. So we, we technically did it. OK, guys, I know it's a bit late. Um, maybe we shouldn't wait until the literal final day of the month to do the monthly episode. But we'll try to do better in the future. We'll, well, we'll at least try. Can't make any promises. I, I take the fall for that one because my schedule has been completely whack. I wasn't able to get on last week like we would usually do. So um, I'll I'll fall on the sword for that one. But this was still a really great episode. And we've got one last thing to talk about. It's actually going to be a shorter version than what was originally intended. Um, just because we want to be respectful of time parameters. But uh, we're still holding true at nine listeners live on Mixler right now. So everybody that joined us on the show is still with us as we get ready for this last segment of the evening. Folks, if you are still in that chat, if you are still hearing me, get out those hashtags. Put them in the chat. If you're listening after the fact, then put it on social media. Let us know what you've been eating lately. It's time for another edition of hashtag BBQ Watch. Barbecue. All right, on the next episode of IPC, I promise you, we are going to do Ben's story of transporting sauce across the state of Mississippi, because <laughs> I need to hear this story. Uh, it, it's, it's too long to tell tonight, but yeah. I need to hear you having to rent a vehicle to traverse across the state just to pick up an inordinate amount of sauce to take back to your restaurant and don't tell us, but I can only imagine how many weeks or months supply of sauce you picked up in one hit. It was just ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it's a fun thing. Cause I, I would, I could just tell you kind of the bare bones of it, but I want to spend a little bit of time on it. So I don't want to drop it here tonight. We don't have a ton of time right now. I don't want to want to keep anybody else up late um, because I kind of want to go into the backstory. I kind of want to give the full unabridged, oh, oh. Yes. you know, how this got started because it's quite a, quite a tale. It's quite a tale that involves pretty much my entire life. So um, if you guys are up for that, um, I think maybe, and we'll make it part of the discussion instead of a tag along. Maybe we'll do it earlier on, make it part of yes. the episode next month. And yes. we'll make a point to devote some time to it because I think it's a pretty interesting story. I think you might guys might enjoy. Um, 
But uh, so stick to that. That's a little that's a little teaser, little, little things. But we got something else to talk about tonight. Yeah, we do. And and this is just kind of a, a, a backup option, really. And it doesn't have to require too much uh, time and thought, really. But uh, this is something that I ate uh, a couple of days ago when I was having chicken nuggets. Like you can you can dip nuggets in barbecue sauce. Um, dude, dude, I literally just did this. Dude, it's fantastic. I just I just had nuggets from Wendy's about two hours ago. <laughs> Did you get the spicy or regular? I got I got a spicy chicken sandwich, but I got regular nuggets. Oh, okay. Well, okay. You you, you struck a balance then. I Man, was, that spicy chicken's spicy. Let me tell you. And I I still need to find out like what place has the spiciest chicken sandwich, but that's not the topic tonight. That is not the topic tonight. We'll we'll on th- on episode 361 we will discuss spicy food. <laughs> maybe, maybe we can. Yes, but the 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 barbecue discussion tonight is a pretty simple one. Uh, it's a question, and then we can kind of elaborate on it for a minute or two. Have you ever had barbecue sauce that was infused with some other flavor? Namely, there is a brand out there called Stubbs. S-T-U-B-B-S, Stubbs, that is now making a barbecue sauce that is infused with the syrup of Dr. Pepper. I think, I I know I've seen Stubbs in the grocery store, legendary barbecue sauce. Um, I don't know if I've ever tried any of it. I feel like I've had – I know I've had like flavored barbecue sauce, but specifically like Dr. Pepper sounds interesting. Dr. Pepper is not my favorite drink, so um, mm. I'm not sure. But like sometimes Dr. Pepper flavored things, I mean it's definitely a distinct flavor, and I could see how it could translate into barbecue sauce because sometimes you'll have – you know watermelon flavored barbecue sauce or they'll put certain fruity stuff in there and i'm just like ah i'm not sure about that dr pepper's like got this certain kind of like crispness some kind of like almost a spice to it that i could see translating well into okay this would work at a barbie as a barbecue sauce so i'd be interested to try it i will say this it is probably the sweetest sauce i've ever had I think it takes more of the syrupy side of it rather than that crispness, but it still captures the essence of what Dr. Pepper tastes like. It, it's like a sweet, syrupy blended with some tang because it's more of like a ketchup molasses base. It's not a vinegar-based sauce. So it's got like a thicker consistency, kind of like the ones you would get from a Wendy's, that that thicker, darker uh, coloration and consistency but tastes like dr pepper i've had honey flavored ones before like honey flavored barbecue which is like that sweet and tangy it's a little bit like that but instead of just pure raw sweetness like you get from honey it's got like a flavoring that tastes like a soda and i liked it it wasn't what i was expecting but i still I still ate it and I still liked it. And now I want to try it on like chicken breasts or something like it worked well with chicken nuggets, breaded chicken. But now I want to make like like actual grilled chicken with it now. Mm, Yeah. 
But is that something that that you would try? I know I sent some up to Sean and Jade. I tried to ship some up to Canada because Jade is a big fan of Dr. Pepper. And I sent them like a like a sampler of three or four different flavors of barbecue sauce one time. And the one canister that broke in transit was the Dr. Pepper flavored. Ah, tragic. And I felt so bad for them that I went out to the store and bought a couple of bottles of just barbecue flavored ones. And I bought like a bunch of bubble wrap and I like bubble wrapped the crap out of it so that it would make it to Canada. And to my knowledge, it did make it to them, but they might have moved. So I think they had to have it forwarded to their new address. (laughs) But I think they have it now. So if. If it, if it wasn't in your stores, I guess this is the question for the chat. If it wasn't in your stores, would you like find it and and try it? And Ben, I'm assuming being in the South like I am, it's probably on your shelves. Is that something that you would try? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm I would definitely be done with this. I, I think I'm always interesting new things you know i've talked about in the past you know i love uh, different flavors of sauce um two of my favorite barbecue places of all time uh sticky fingers and um mission which i recently discovered both have a wide selection of sauces it's always fun to kind of taste test them and, and stuff like that and I, I would be like different flavors of sauce hell yeah i personally am more of a spiced sauce kind of guy I, I like it when there's like some peppercorns and stuff in it to kind of give it a little kick, right. but it's always nice to have a little change of pace. And so if you're looking for a change of pace and you're looking for like a sweeter type sauce, Stubbs brand Dr. Pepper sauce is definitely something up there that I would recommend. They didn't pay us to say that. It's just something I tried a couple of days ago. This, not, this episode not sponsored by Stubbs. Not sponsored by Stubbs, even though it probably could be. I mean, we, but, we, we'll, we'll, we're open to the idea. Stubbs, call us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, for sure. But something that might be worth trying if you end up seeing it on your shelves, give it a try. If you're looking for something different, it is definitely that for sure. Um. So apparently there's a Stubbs restaurant that I was not aware of until this second. And oh, I, I know I know we don't have time to like go into this, but it's in Austin Um. and I need to go here now. It's it's the same brand like it's Stubbs. It's, it's yeah it's Stubbs. I'm pretty it's, sure it's the same people. Stubbs brand. Hold on. S T U B B. It's the same. It's the dude in the cowboy hat that's on the logo. Pretty sure. Oh, of all things, Stubbs Barbecue in Austin, Texas, famed barbecue and live music. Four point three stars out of five point five thousand reviews. Dad gummit, I was just in the Austin area last week and I didn't even know about it. Well, I don't feel too bad. You're you 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 didn't know about it. Um I've I, but I still still ashamed that I'm just now learning about this thing because I don't know, it's been a while since I've been been to Austin. In fact, I don't know if I've ever been to Austin. But uh Oh, let's plan a trip, dude. Yeah, I think I think this calls for for calls for a road trip. Um Check out Stubbs, and we'll get to – they better have some of that dark Dr. Pepper sauce when we get there. I'll tell you what. Bro, I tell you what. You and I have not hung out since we drove through Mississippi, and then before that, it was in California back in 2019. So we have hung out once in the last three and a half years. Man, it's – don't remind me. Jeez. We are, 
We are overdue, my friend. We are overdue. Well, it won't be too much longer. Um, maybe with Celebration coming up in just a couple months, um, we'll know when this next Star Wars movie is coming out, and then we can we can always uh, plan on the next excuse to fly to a random location and watch Star Wars together. So uh, may not may not be that too far away. That's true. That is true. All right. Well, folks, in the meantime, be sure to go hit us up on our social media pages to find out what kind of stuff we're doing outside of IPC. You can find the IPC podcast at that username on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's all one word, IPC podcast. You can also find us on patreon.com slash IPC podcast if you want to financially contribute. You can find uh, previous episodes on Podbean at ipcpodcast.podbean.com. You can find us monthly on ZachTheVoice.Mixler.com, and you can find us over on iTunes and Google Play. There is swag available. If you like our logo and you want to represent in your neighborhood, you can go to teepublic.com slash user slash IPC podcast. And then uh, if you want to get alerts for when we go live, just hit that subscribe button that you see on the Mixler page. You'll probably get live alerts for when my baseball games happen, but then you'll also know when IPC is going live as well. Excellent. As for me, go follow at Zach the Voice, Z-A-C-H the Voice. As I mentioned, baseball stuff going on right now. I'm also doing some stuff for the XFL, which is pretty cool. I'm going to be working a game on Sunday, and then they've got a few more home games after that. It'll mostly be behind the scenes. I won't be on ESPN or anything, but... It's still kind of cool to follow along and, and keep up with all the crazy stuff that's happening in life outside of IPC. And then, uh, yeah, I'm doing some podcasting stuff about the XFL, talking about the Renegades. You can find that by going to Renegades Roundup. And then there's a new YouTube channel launching with my buddy Sean that's talking about Game of Thrones stuff. So be on the lookout for that. I'll be sharing that over at the Zach the Voice social pages. Ben, where can the folks at home keep up with your crazy antics? Well, I think they're definitely going to want to keep an eye on the Star Wars Underworld, or really the entire Star Wars Underworld network, because uh, we're going to be real busy over the next uh, few weeks and months, because, like I said, tonight, in about two and a half hours, we have not only the first episode of the Mandalorian season three. We also have the 11th episode of the bad batch season two. So, uh, two big things dropping tonight. And then we have the impending finales for both those shows coming up. So each week we're going to have two episodes of star Wars to talk about. Um, which means we have, I'm going to be doing two different podcasts each week. It's going to be wild y'all. Um, so yeah, definitely go check that out. Star Wars Underworld.com, Star Wars Underworld YouTube, at the SWU. Basically follow us everywhere over there because we're going to have a lot of content coming out over the next few weeks. Um, you can follow me personally at Ben Hart with no E. And yeah, I do some stuff with Culture Slate sometimes too, at Culture Slate. Sometimes. And you're you're all over the places where you are. I, I, it's too much. It's too much, guys. No, it's not actually not as great. Well, thankfully, we are both able to figure things out in our crazy schedule to hop on for a couple of hours every month and uh, talk about what uh, what kind of stuff we want to talk about instead of the stuff that we need to talk about. Ben, I know it's it's monthly and it's staggered, but it's always fun getting to catch up with you, dude, and talk talk nerdy again on IPC. I, I really appreciate you making time for me and for this podcast. It's always a good time. 
Well, I appreciate you, and you do not get to take all the blame for the delay in the episode. I'm as much to blame as anyone. Um, schedules are crazy these days, and it sucks, but we're still here. And we're still doing episodes, and I've been looking forward to this for a very long time, and I cannot wait for the next month episode, which is a technically due in 30 minutes. <laughs> but um, yeah, you're getting the February episode in March in your feeds. That's totally fine. We, I promise. Okay, I promise. We'll tr at least try not to have the uh, the new episode for March come out on March 31st. Um, well, that'll be a goal for us. Um, but yeah, this was. A delight. Love talking Ant-Man. Love talking third movies. Um, all the news, and uh, we got a we got our, got our work cut out for us next month, I think, because a lot of really interesting stuff happening right now, and over the next few weeks is gonna be crazy. So uh, appreciate everyone being patient with us, listening, um, continuing to follow us, and uh, love you guys, and we'll talk to you next month. Alrighty, well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast. Episode 359 is now officially in the books. For Ben Hart, I'm Zach Arnold, thanking you for tuning in to this episode. We hope to see you all next time, but until then, good night, everyone. <laughs>